0: Hi, this is Cullen from Gleeboot. Like you, we've been shaken by the murder of George Floyd, and we want to do something about it. We can't stay silent on racial violence and police brutality any longer. Please join us in donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund and other reputable organizations helping during the protests in Minnesota. Sign petitions from Change and change.org. Share links and information to others about how they can also help. Let's be part of demanding the necessary change to protect our fellow citizens. Thank you.
1: While well, you can donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund at minnesotafreedomfund.org, they've received so many donations over the past weeks. They actually suggest donating directly to George Floyd's family at www.gofundme.com F George Floyd. You can also donate to other organizations helping during the protests. Some are bailing out people who are arrested while peacefully protesting, and others funding direct action programs to fight racial violence, police brutality, and other injustices all over the country. Consider also donating to local organizations in your area, especially if there are protests going on. Please also support the ACLU, Reclaim the Block at reclaimtheblock.org, and consider also donating to the GoFundMe for Ahmad Arbery, which is still live. Also, please seek books and other educational resources to educate yourself on racial violence, injustice, institutional racism, police brutality, poverty, and other elements that are harming our society. Learn how to be a better ally, to stand up for the safety of our fellow citizens, and to end this once and for all.
0: Glee Boot. Last week on Glee Boot, we talked about an episode that we really liked and had No Will Schuster. And this week, The Universe Punishes Us. And that's what you missed on Glee Boot.
2: Yeah. I do feel punished. So excited to talk about Only Will Schuster in this episode.
0: So this week we're talking about the Rocky Horror Glee show, and the truly the only horrible thing is I've seen this episode multiple times, and I haven't seen the real Rocky Horror picture show,
2: which I still don't like. You need to get on that, Cullen.
0: <laughs> um, but welcome to Glee Boot, the podcast where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee. I'm Cullen.
2: Alyssa,
1: I'm Hannah,
0: and we have a very special guest today, the host of the podcast The Gory Days. Kyle Leone, welcome.
3: Oh, thank you very much for having me. Glad to be on the show. Uh, I've uh, heard so much about it from Cullen, and uh, I'm finally happy. I'm finally a guest. It's a dream come true. Yay.
0: (laughs) Aren't you glad you get to talk about such a great piece of content?
3: Oh, my (laughs) God. I mean, so you brought me on because you texted me, and you're like, hey, do you want to be on uh, my podcast, Gleeboot? We're talking about uh, Rocky Horror, and that's kind of like in your purview. And I'm like... (laughs) Oh, I'm flattered. Yeah, I guess Rocky Horror is kind of horror. It does have the word horror in its name. So I'm oh. flattered that you thought of me. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I have a really conflicting relationship with this musical and the show itself, Glee. So I'm really excited to get my take on the soapbox that is Gleeboot.
1: You're on the perfect
2: podcast.
0: Yeah. I cannot
2: wait to hear this.
3: Yeah, we're excited to hear
0: good, bad, or indifferent. We're here for it.
2: I just now realized that you, your podcast is also the podcast that Colin guested on.
3: Yes, that's right. He did uh, Insidious for his movie a couple months ago. But, but wasn't we... it, <laughs>
1: wasn't it a different movie? One.
3: yes, that's right. It was supposed to be Insidious, but I accidentally watched The Conjuring.
0: No, I watched The Conjuring, you watched Insidious. Oh, man, I already
3: won Mai Tai in. You told me that there was a segment here, what are we drinking, and I think I accidentally thought that we were starting recording at five, so I started drinking a little bit. Perfect. Perfect. Which is uh, my my first excuse. I've been drinking too, yeah. Well, along
2: those lines, what are you drinking?
3: I'm drinking a Mai Tai. Ooh. Yeah, with a, let's see, it's a rum and Mai Tai mix. I don't know it's in a Mai Tai.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay.
3: But I was going to so... ask, I was
2: like, what are the ingredients to that? Okay, rum and I
3: have no idea. Mix. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also got some sake here that I'm enjoying, too. I'm doing Ooh. this right. Mmm. Uh, yeah, but no, my podcast, I had Colin on, and uh, we were supposed to do one movie, and I watched the wrong movie, but he was such a good sport, and uh, we, we muscled our way through it. We Uh, had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. It Uh, was good
1: up. I listened. Yeah.
3: Oh, I'm glad. Yeah.
0: What are you drinking, Hannah?
1: I am drinking Coke and Jameson, or as I would like to call it, a Jesse St. Jameson and Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I literally said that out loud in my kitchen. I went, nice. (laughs) So
2: I'm really excited about that one. Colin and I are drinking peach soju.
3: Oh, there you go. Soju. Yeah.
2: Good. It is really good. Like too good. It's gonna be gone and then Colin's gonna have to go get the, the citrus one from our fridge.
0: <laughs> it, we're gonna call it's Glee name will be duets because that was last week's F and it was so good and now we have to watch this.
2: <laughs> so the soju is call callback to <laughs> the episode we actually liked.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so let's uh before we get into this particular episode kyle what's your relationship with the show the pop culture phenomenon the live tour that was glee a live tour? there was a <laughs> oh, live <yeah>. tour we <laughs>
3: have so really much tertiary
1: was. glee really? content to cover on this episode blows my mind that this show?
3: wasn't a disney property like right from the start it's dripping with that kind of money and that kind of attention but it's it's Fox years before the Disney acquisition.
0: But in the Glee boot, we can have Disney songs because Disney now owns Glee.
3: Yeah, you totally could. Um, this movie or this show premiered in two thousand eight. Am I correct? Is that right? Two thousand
1: nine. Two
3: thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, so, so close. So, so yeah. I was a senior this in high
1: school. Was I think 2010, 2011, I think the season season, season two? two.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So yeah, so
0: it premiered when you were a senior.
3: Uh, yeah, it premiered when I was a senior. In 2009, I was a senior uh, in California, and I was in every choir group that I was allowed to be in, everyone <laughs> except the, the all-female group. Uh, uh, so this, like, was my world. This was my life. Uh, and it was a big deal when it was coming out, when, like, the ads and stuff, all my other choir friends and theater friends were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're making a show about us. Can you believe it? and you know as like full of ourselves as we were the show finally comes out and sure enough we each are individually like oh my gosh it's so fun and i think i hate everybody on it (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right yeah yeah i think everything before we even knew what the word problematic meant is super (laughs) problematic and reinforcing a lot of terrible horrible things I mean, the very first episode, I think, opens with Chris Colfer getting uh, abused by a bunch of students. He gets thrown into a dumpster or slushied or both. And that was like my impressionist mind going like, oh, okay, so I guess I can't come out ever because this is the kind of uh, like thing that Hollywood expects for even a school that Oh, it's. It grinds my gears how much of the show is like, oh, uh, we didn't have a, a, a glee club or anything before. It was only a high school uh, with all these extremely talented children just doing sports and just going to yeah. this and just being a bunch of models walking around without any creative <laughs> outlet until fucking Matthew Morrison showed up and saved the day.
1: <laughs> yep, the savior. <laughs>
3: I feel so like a Sith is contentious.
0: I feel like a Sith lord. I'm like feed into your anger.
3: <laughs> it was so upsetting. It was so upsetting cuz we were all, I, I I'll speak for myself. I was expecting a show that was going to like demonstrate what it was like to be a creative kid mm-hmm. in the 90s and the well in the late 2000s having grown up in the 90s. I didn't think that the show would be reinforcing all of the things I had run from the 90s.
2: Mm. why why would you think that that's what the show would be
3: <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea because i'm <laughs> stupid because i have uh these silly ideas of the responsibility hollywood has instead of the obvious one that they have to make money right there's no moral there's no lessons they just want to make money and sell cds
2: oh of course I, one I'm of my just... favorite turns of phrase is that hollywood is just legalized gambling
3: Oh, uh, do you mean like that Hollywood is uh, picked up on the fact that representation and progressivism is profitable?
2: Oh,
4: yeah. Yep. (laughs) Because
3: that's the only reason we're experiencing a black uh, uh, aerial and things like that is because it's profitable and provocative, not Mm -hmm. necessarily progressive.
4: Oh, yeah. We're
3: (laughs) Yeah. We're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. But is that life? I don't yeah. know. Is that what we've been like conditioned uh, to believe life is by our corporate overlords?
2: Right thing for the wrong reasons?
3: Yeah, yeah, that Disney is doing is putting marginalized people in front of the camera and giving them lead roles. And they're really doing it because it makes a lot more money than mm-hmm. being racist and having white guys in the lead roles. But they can do both because they're Disney. Yeah.
1: yeah. Disney is favorite- like... Go
3: ahead.
0: Go, Hannah. You probably have something better to say.
1: <laughs> no, well, it was going to be a joke because my favorite part about this conversation is like we're having this really intense conversation and then I just hear someone pouring something in a glass and I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> drinking time. <laughs> that was real. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: the <been> soju.
0: <laughs> <been> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney and Hollywood in general, they know it's it'll make them money. and certain... Are we
3: supposed to be talking bad about Disney or are we supposed to be pitching a reboot to them? I, I can't. Keep
2: oh my goodness <laughs> the if they're going to ever us. reboot this they have exactly. to realize what's bad about it so right and that's yeah. what our Both job is at the same time
3: <laughs> it's yeah. a hard job but somebody's got to do
0: it yes we chose it it's our destiny
2: <laughs> oh my goodness yeah definitely disney there
3: yeah <laughs> yeah but i'll be the first person to say that i loved the uh don't stop in rendition at the end of the first episode I, I have a vivid memory of hating the entire episode, but that saved it. That last like bit where they're all singing Don't Stop Believing." that saved it for me.
2: Okay, so I'm not the only one who hates the pilot.
3: Yeah, no. This, okay. So the, the music is good in a vacuum, like on the CDs and stuff, but it's so silly, it's so ludicrous how they try to imply... That the like six band members in the corner of this linoleum room <laughs> are able to like perform to the level of a completely mixed and mastered finished recording.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, the William it's McKinley fun. High School <laughs> Jazz Band is that's what's on their drum. They are fan fucking tastic.
3: They really are. <laughs> legends <laughs> that, that one pianist is somehow able to play bass guitar on the piano he's so good
1: i've seen that so many times where he's like hitting keys and i'm like that's not the same instrument <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh ugly <laughs> yeah yeah the we watched the pilot and like i had listened to other glee podcasts beforehand and everyone was like the pilot was so good the rest of the show is so disappointing. And then we watched all the, the pilot and we were like,
3: this no.
0: <laughs> and then some episodes later on, we were like, oh, this is when the show is starting to feel more fun.
3: I just remember it playing a lot with my feelings. Just it, like, I keep, like I said before, it had a responsibility to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt betrayed and sexually confused with every episode. It just got worse with every episode. Every time Chris Colfer would show up and Finn feeling bad about his body, it was very confusing for me.
2: Yeah, this... I was lucky because I did not watch this in high school because I tend not to watch things that other people think are popular until like 10 years later. Um,
3: you so know, now, I would I'm watching long. it
2: now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch it a ton in high school either. I watched it more in college um and yeah this show definitely has has messages
3: it's just it's so confusing because they're all high school students and they're all beautiful and they're all talking about how beautiful and sexy they are to each other and i had friends who talked like that in high school and i was uncomfortable about it then and i'm still uncomfortable mm-hmm. about a people portraying children saying "Ooh, aren't i sexy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair. We,
2: we, we all agree with that, I think.
3: <laughs> oh my god, and don't get me started with the paraplegic who's not actually a paraplegic. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Artie. Our favorite He's... Glee character.
2: Oh my goodness. So, I have things to say about him today.
0: So, okay. I think that was, that was a good intro to your feelings on this <laughs> phenomenon. So that's and the I, end
1: of the first part of the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's... That's why, that's one of the reasons we had you on because I knew you had feelings and I knew they were very interesting and like good feelings to discuss.
3: So oh, um, I'm glad, yeah. I can only speak to my experience. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, but it's, that's what we're here for. That's always fun because we've had people that haven't watched a lot of Glee. We have people that've watched a lot of Glee and it's fun to see everyone's take on the show um, because everyone has a take on Glee because it demands it. <laughs> yeah,
3: it demands I didn't watch tapes. a ton of Yes. I didn't watch a ton of, um, like, live action TV in high school. So the two big ones for me, well, the three big ones were House, Heroes, and This.
2: Oh, uh, yes. I remember House being really big, but I never watched it because I didn't like the medical dramas.
3: Mm, Yeah, my mom and I loved House.
2: Um, Heroes. I remember watching Heroes, though. I was really into that one.
3: Yeah, that first season was great right up until the writer strike really, and then it never it never came back after that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember it being quite disappointing after the first season.
3: Yeah, but I guess we wouldn't have superhero movies and culture like we do now without it, so.
2: Yeah, yeah it was a cornerstone really.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. So getting into the Rocky Horror Glee show, hate the title, step one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that's a great place to start. At least uh, the title it, immediately makes sense.
0: Oh, unlike it, mattress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unlike laryngitis. mattress.
1: Laryngitis. Laryngitis. Okay, so laryngitis. Uh, by the time we're recording this, we have just published our our episode on that, and I'm thinking how like you have to think so hard about that title for it to make sense. And that makes me so angry. So actually, I kind of appreciate this title, how simple it is. I don't have to think. I'm like, got it. I know what this is
2: about.
0: Yeah. So it, it opens with Santana's lips singing oh. the opening of Rocky Horror.
2: I was trying to figure out whose lips they were. Yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. I like had Santana. no idea. Yeah, it's Santana's Naya Rivera.
2: How did you know that? Her voice.
0: Her voice. Her teeth?
2: Oh. I just yeah. don't. I don't have that sort of experience under, like hearing her voice and just being to be like oh that's Santana yeah. I, <laughs> I don't have that
1: yeah
0: <laughs> I what are I can our
1: storylines what's even happening in we, this episode
0: we have uh, two storylines really we have the Will Sue Rocky Horror storyline and we have Finn's body image issues so only two this week
2: and guess which one is
1: the bigger one are we combining emma with all of that
0: yeah emma's poor emma against her will is involved <laughs> in the a oh, plot it's
3: disgusting
2: <laughs> yeah i would feel like she's part of schucer's whatever it is
3: his i want to wanna who,
2: say uh, i want to say it's a plot but i don't want to give it
0: his his plot, plot to <laughs> s- sexually harass her
2: oh right God. i was just gonna say it's sexual harassment <laughs> it's so bad
0: so he is the episode then it opens with the rehearsing rocky horror they're singing there's a light at the frankenstein place and uh it's cut by uh john stamos carl coming in and being like will you're messing with my woman we had a deal and then it stops and will is like this is scratch right record scratch (laughs) will's like this is a man who stepped in it and it's like i hated the last time we had will flash back to the front like we did a cut a flash forward at the beginning and will's like oh i made a mistake and i'm hating it again Um, wait was
2: that the episode where he's fighting with sue and then Mm -hmm. yeah i hated that too just not good so
3: i recognize this storytelling device it's pretty common where you show someone in like dire straits and then you go, you're probably wondering how I got here. It's and then we start now. like from three days earlier. But like, the, what's the point of this one? It doesn't, the, 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 the big thing is that the guy runs in and goes, are you sleeping with my, or are you getting with my girl? But didn't we always know that he was trying to get with Emma? So it's not really a surprise that he finally got caught by uh, beautiful John Stamos.
2: No, this just feels like the person who wrote this episode Ryan Murphy wanted to do it.
1: Did Ryan Murphy? Ryan Murphy. It was story by Ryan Murphy and then written by Ryan Murphy and someone else. And oh uh and directed by Adam Shankman. And I I have a lot of thoughts about how we came to have Rocky horror picture show as the central concept. One theory is Sam's hair, that it kind of is Rocky-esque already. And so they built the yeah. episode around that. Or <laughs> They knew that they wanted to do Rocky Horror, and then they had to come up with some garbage storyline because they booked <laughs> Barry Bostwick and Meatloaf, and I just, I hate everything. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that is funny sam's hair does already look yeah like, uh, it does i think that's, thing that he's got. that's
1: where he started like ryan murphy hired, like cast him and was like mm, you look like rocky from rocky horror oh i know what we're gonna do and i'm like okay this is me in the writer's room i can hear it i can see it i hate it
3: i i just know that whatever the reality is it's not like a bunch of kids thought oh Rocky Horror is awesome I can't wait till Glee does a Rocky Horror episode (laughs) Oh boy!
1: I think Glee introduced people my age like at least in my school to Rocky Horror Picture Show because I think this is how I got to it because people in my high school for one of our talent shows did like a group thing of the time warp and I think it's because they got the idea from Glee and then we all ended up watching Rocky Horror in high school because of this I think that's how it happened
2: I never saw Rocky Horror in high school. I only saw it in college. I didn't even know it existed. But then I didn't know really Glee existed either. Because That's why
1: I was so confused (laughs) as to why all these children knew what Rocky Horror was already in high school. So I'm like, I think Glee was the reason I found it. I don't know why these other children in Northwest Ohio found Rocky Horror on their own
3: yeah that moment is so funny where he walks in and he's like we're gonna do rocky horror and everyone and chris colfer and everyone's like oh we're doing rocky oh and uh, finn's the only one that goes i've never seen it like no one in <laughs> class had seen it
0: yeah finn is often is the most realistic teen character <laughs> um often not always um Sometimes. there was a whole episode where he prayed to a grilled cheese <laughs>
3: <laughs> for God's sake, are you serious? Yeah. Is that season? <laughs> yeah, that two was a couple episodes ago. ago.
1: Yeah, you could yeah. you oh, could probably wow. get through that. It's a fun one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Glee's take on religion, what everyone was asking for. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it opens in the lunchroom with like the or the teacher's lounge, whatever area where they're eating food and uh Alyssa pointed out that Emma is not wearing gloves or polishing her grapes when she's eating. She's just, like, eating.
1: Yes, mm. yeah. I did notice this. And she's so got her it. crust still on her sandwich.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And Will... Which I guess is such an unusual thing that it's not weird at all when Will says something about, oh, hey, you usually always remove the crusts off of your sandwich. he's a
1: stalker, and we just accept that about him.
3: Okay, yes. good cuz I wrote that down. I have a list here of ways Mr. Schuster was a creep and that's <laughs> number 1. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: he's a he's a total creep and at one point he tr- sent her to a mental institution basically <laughs> or like gave her the number of a doctor and was like, "We can't date until you fix your problems."
1: <laughs> yeah. And then she disappeared for four episodes. And we're like, "She went to a mental institution. He set her up." <laughs>
0: Um, so he, she's <laughs> so she's having a good time. Like she's adjusting and Will's mental thought is oh, he's making her better. He's winning.
2: Oh yeah. my God. I was so mad. I was so angry.
0: There's so much to unpack in just this opening scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause he's he's like, he's winning, and then she's like, oh, we went to Rocky Horror, and it seems like something she wouldn't like, because the theater's old and sticky, and people are throwing things.
4: Mm-hmm. But it
0: shows her having a good time, and she's happy, and Will's like, why didn't I take her to that show? Like, ugh, she's getting better without me.
3: Yeah. Yeah, completely blind to the fact that John Stamos is clearly take- getting her to come out of her shell, and she's comfortable with him.
2: And that it's good for her, and why why is something being good for her like bad for him?
3: It has nothing to do with him. Exactly.
2: That's why. He's like, I didn't
1: do this. Boo hoo me. I suck.
3: She's she's literally like, oh, I had some fun this weekend. And he's like, what an asshole. Right, yeah.
1: He's like, how dare he let you have fun? I would only ruin your life. Be with me.
3: (laughs) I'll just lie to you. I'll say whatever you want.
1: (laughs) Gross. He's the worst. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I was actually kind of distracted by the Tetra extra in the background of that scene. <laughs> Me who, like, too. glared at him as, like, they walked away, and I was like, I am that guy.
0: <laughs> I literally There's said that. There's a lot
1: of really great extras in this episode. Like, they did a great job. They really stood out, and even though they're not supposed moment. to.
3: I thought in that moment that guy was going to try to ad-lib like a look to uh, Matthew Morrison. And Matthew Morrison didn't quite make his eyes all the way to meet him. So he missed his shot. <laughs> yeah,
0: because he will. And like, this feels like a plot that from like Arthur, where he's like, oh, you like Rocky Horror? Um, uh, the Glee Club is going to do Rocky Horror as the school musical. Okay, wait, are yeah.
2: we talking Arthur the artwork? Yeah. Yeah, of course he <laughs> asked Alyssa, why
1: yeah. did you even question that?
0: What other Arthur No what star in GW. I also had to just-
2: think about it too. I was like, Arthur? What? John Legend?
1: <laughs> oh no, the cartoon <laughs>
2: And then you immediately went into Rocky Horror and I'm like, Rocky Horror would never be on Arthur. No,
0: but like <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are our Arthur reboot, check out our other podcast. <laughs>
0: uh but like the kind of thing on a kids show where someone like does some obvious hard to cover up lie Mm -hmm. that like it's super elaborate instead of like any normal response
1: no human would be like oh shoo that's really weird that you're doing this at the exact same time like emma is smart enough to be like oh yeah you're definitely doing this because i'm into it and like that that would have been a more interesting take (laughs)
3: Well, not since she's been lobotomized at the mental institution. True, no, you're right. You're right. She was lobotomized
0: because she like it's definitely suspicious. And she's like, "Isn't it a little risque?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll just edit it a bit."
3: Yeah. So Emma is the first of many characters to tell him this is not appropriate and not okay for high school. Yeah, this is not appropriate for
1: children, and yet he's still like, "Yeah, but I want to get in Emma's pants." And we're like. Yeah, because also I don't think this is any has anything to do with love. Like, like the clo- like the better she gets mentally and with her condition, the more likely she is to have sex with uh, Carl. And remember how like a couple, like a really long time ago when they first started dating, shoot, literally came out and was like, "Have you guys had sex?" Essentially, and like that's all he cares about so- is being her first.
2: It- it's all about ownership, Yes. which is so disgusting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it...
3: that he wants to control like every part of her life, inside and outside the school. Uh-huh. He's a
2: controlist. <laughs> yes, he is a controlist.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, they decide he decides they're going to do Rocky Horror. So he goes into the club. Are we done with that opening scene? I know there was a lot to yeah. get. To get through, I <laughs> think um, we're good. <laughs> down to the teacher glare. We
1: talked. We talked about the extra. That's what I really care about.
3: <laughs> um, uh, just how gross that lie is for her to say. Oh, we saw Rocky Horror, and that was super fun. For him to go, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! I totally forgot. We're also doing Rocky Horror. That's so weird. He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Can
2: I just mention, like, how much I hate the inner narration of his thoughts?
3: Yeah. Oh my God, me too. It's so half-assed. It's
2: terrible. It's really bad.
3: And I feel like he, when he reads the line, um, "How did Rocky Horror become, ugh, my horror?" And that's <laughs> Matthew Morrison reading the line, yeah. and that's his honest reaction to the line that he has to read.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this episode was written in twenty minutes right before, like they had to shoot. <laughs> they were like, "Fuck, Ryan, did you bring the script?" He was like. Oh shit. And then they just like wrote it really quick. He like grabbed this random person and was like, Write this with me. Give me a sec.
0: They were like, Oh yeah, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I saw Rocky Horror. Oh cool. Did you bring a script? Oh, <laughs> funny enough, we're doing Glee Rocky Horror. We are Horror. also
1: doing Rocky Horror for Glee. Oh, I
3: just remembered. Uh, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. So, uh, he comes in to announce that they're doing the Glee Club, which was established earlier to be separate from the Drama Club, but is now just the Drama Club. <laughs> is doing a no auditions production of the Rocky Horror Show.
3: Rocky. Now let's talk casting. <laughs> I want
0: and to Rachel's... first talk.
1: Oh, Brittany's line because it's Halloween, right?
0: It's yeah. And this Artie is goes... Halloween episode.
1: And Artie goes, or was it Artie or Kurt? I think it was Kurt. Kurt. Kurt's like, "What are you going to be for Halloween?" And Brittany goes, "I'm going as a peanut allergy."
3: <laughs> she says it's sexy. Yes! I don't get it. I,
1: it's so weird. I love it.
3: <laughs> it's so
0: funny. It, oh, I love Brittany. Did we ever talk about in the religion episode where they're like, "We're last week we're too sexy, this week we're too religious, we can't win." And she's like, "Now I know what Miley feels like."
1: No. Oh my god, I totally <laughs> missed that.
0: <laughs> I was like, we need to acknowledge that line. Brittany's the best character. Um, yeah, so she is going as a peanut allergy, which i it's a shame we didn't get to see that costume, but...
2: I would love... <laughs>
0: we negative. don't get to see any costumes.
2: Yeah, except... Well, like... Actually, you get to see a lot of costumes, I guess... but we don't see Halloween
1: costumes. <laughs> yeah, we see one character's actual Halloween costume
3: and we see a jack-o'-lantern the best
1: jack-o'-lantern i've ever seen it's
2: pretty impressive
1: (laughs) but yeah uh so like one of the things that really irked me and always irks me about how they have lessons quote unquote and none of that ever adds up to anything they're ever going to perform like competitively (laughs) and he's like yeah we're going to use this like, we're going to make everyone pay to come see our garbage show. And we're going to put the money toward going to nationals in New York. And I'm like, why would you put the money toward that when you still have to win regionals and sectionals or the other way around? Like, it doesn't make any sense why you would put it toward nationals.
3: Also, also, why are you wasting your time on this show when you could be rehearsing for That's nationals? That's what
1: I'm saying. Exactly. Like they are definitely not going to do sweet transvestite at sectionals.
3: But <laughs> they're going to get a limo to drive them there. <laughs> yeah. And Artie's going to have to get a
1: ride from his dad again because he can't get in the limo.
3: Because no one's willing to
0: lift him. Yeah. They. It's a <laughs> Glee logic. Um,
1: yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Catholic. So he.
0: Yeah, let's talk casting. So Rachel just claims uh, Brad and Janet for her and Finn, and Will's like, "Yep,
1: makes sense." <laughs> it's so true. Will terrible. is not a teacher; he just does whatever Rachel tells him to do.
0: <laughs> and then he he wants Kurt because Kurt is gay.
3: Yep. Well, wait, 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 sorry to interrupt, but Rachel is the second of many characters to question Mr. Schuster and go, isn't this inappropriate for us, the children? Yeah, because she had been like, oh, please yeah.
0: be Vita, please be a Vita. And then he's like, no, Rocky Hart. And she's like, isn't that a little risque? Like,
3: shut up, we're doing
0: it. And then she's like, okay, if we're doing this. I'm being the lead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Kurt, and then... he wants Kurt to be uh Frankenfurter,
3: And he doesn't for some reason. I just,
1: I just, it makes me hate Shu for just being like, yeah, Kurt will do it. I had this already planned out. Kurt will do it because he, he just will. And I'm like, mm, I don't like this. That's just one of many problematic
2: things. I,
3: Yeah, it's not a question. It's just like, Kurt, you are Frank and And he was like No audition. Like,
2: no. Well, I had a problem actually with that scene because Kurt's behavior up until this point had been that number one, he always wants lead roles. Mm -hmm. And number two, he's always trying to put himself out there in the most prominent position. Um, and so when he just automatically decided not to do Frankenfurter. I was kind of really surprised, actually, uh, because...
3: He sidelines himself this whole episode. Yeah, it was
2: very, very strange. He's typically, like, his character typically wants to be the center of attention and, you know, like, be the best. And I didn't see that at all from him. It was almost like they were like, we don't know what to do with Kurt right now, but we know that... Him being a transvestite immediately is, you know, not something that people are going to go for. So let's just, since we don't know what to do with him, we're just going to put him off to the side. I feel like they
1: needed, they needed conflict with who was going to do that character. So that's why they withheld it from Kurt. Like, I think that's why they made Kurt not, one of the reasons they made Kurt not do it. Um, Also want to just do like a quick like reference the fact that like we're using the word transvestite because it's what's used in not only the episode of glee but also in rocky horror picture show but like that language isn't really used anymore so like that's another like really important note uh we'll 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 return to that note a little later yeah when it's adjusted but uh
3: and yeah it I mean, that note is important to bring up because this show inherently brings with it a set of themes that need to be examined with a lot of uh, respect and sensitivity. That, in my opinion, should have been two episodes. If you're going to do, like, the story here is not, oh, Glee's doing Rocky Horror. The story is a high school production wants to do Rocky Horror. And that's where, like, the drama, the students don't want to, the parents don't want to, the teachers don't want to, this one asshole wants to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This one asshole educator. Don't forget, the taxpayer's money is paying for him to do this. (laughs) To harass children and fellow co-workers.
0: Yeah, it's one of the reasons why... 'Cause they, they do mention the culture war at one point, and one of the reasons why I feel like on both sides of the culture war this is a sticky show to do because of the outdated language and you're giving that outdated language to children.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so it's more than just promiscuous and like pearl clutchy to be like, Oh, I don't I'm not cool with my child in Rocky Horror. There's a lot of themes and messages that it just would be hard to unpack for a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially when you're—that's the age when you're trying to teach them the appropriate behavior and language for things they may not understand. Right, yet. but As I mean, like in 2000.
1: Oh God, triggered. Uh, like in in 2010, 11, like even the word transvestite was kind of still being used. I think it's just like we hadn't decided on a term collectively for various experiences. And identities so I feel like I feel like it's important to note like that time difference too that like even sure. in the context of the episode like saying the word transvestite or the word tranny was not necessarily acceptable but like it was a thing that happened
3: I remember being very confused when I I don't remember when I first came upon the song sweet transvestite but sweet transvestite transsexual from Transylvania mm-hmm. Like, I had no concept of what transsexual meant there. It literally, in the context of the musical, it is, so, it is used as such a vehicle of the other that it's an alien star yes. system. That they come from the planet transsexual in the system of Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Like, you are literally making transsexuals into aliens. Yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I don't think Frankenfurter is even a transsexual. I think in the in the uh, context of the story, he is a transvestite. He cross dresses, but the, the the status of his genitals is left to the imagination. True,
1: that's true. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. Yeah,
1: I, I, th- I, th- I agree. And this is why children are just not capable of unpacking it because we're barely capable of unpacking
3: it. <laughs> exactly. It's making it a little uncomfortable to have to like unpack to us.
0: Yeah, I'm like, right. I'm like. Everything we say is being recorded.
1: So, okay, so Kurt says no, but Mike Chang—that's sexy teens. Mike Chang steps up. Yeah, speaking of sexy teens, gross. Uh, yeah, Mike Chang steps up and he's like, "I think I want to do this." And I'm like, "Okay, Mike. Okay, I see you."
3: I didn't even know he was in this class.
0: <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Are you sure it's a lead role?" And he's like, "I'm feeling more confident."
3: They're not. Who says that line, Cullen?
1: It's Tina.
3: I didn't want to spoil Tina time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm drinking too much, and I'm
0: no. It's perfect. Okay. All right. All right. We're getting we're getting more soju. But well, we're gonna keep going though. Yeah. So. Anything else in the casting scene to unpack? Oh, they assign Sam Rocky Horror. Or they're like, you're going to be the creature. And he's like, from the Black Lagoon. And Quinn is like, <laughs> no, he's like, Rocky. He's like, super cute. You're perfect for him. And they're like, are you sure Like, you're comfortable with taking your clothes off? And he's like, oh, these abs could cut glass. I have no problem showing off my body. And there's a shot of Finn looking confused. Horrified.
1: <sighs> <and laughs> <upset. laughs>
3: Easy. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so the only other thing I think is that, like, um, the two, there's, like, two female characters, I don't even know their names, um, that Quinn, Mercedes, Tina, no, Quinn, Santana, Mercedes, and Tina, Tina, and Brittany are all, like, they're supposed to sort of swap off. Um yeah and oh, rachel's yeah, and like they Rachel. do that in the theater it's better for you to preserve your voices and mercedes is like i would like to preserve you <laughs> in a jar in my basement and i was like that's aggressive for mercedes <laughs> also let's quickly talk about the blocking of the choir room like they have gone full clicky where like mercedes is just straight up in the middle no one's really sitting next to her and it's very uncomfortable uh it is interesting
3: weird. how they paired off all the minorities it's together. It's really,
1: really weird. Like, Mercedes is, like, off on her own. She looks real sad. And then, like, other people have sort of, like, clicked
2: together. It's it's
1: very All strange. the couples
0: are sitting together. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm going to interject and say that the citrus soju tastes like flat 7-Up.
0: Mm. Gross. I'm excited to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> It, it literally does <laughs> it taste, taste like flat, like seven, up. flat seven up. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, they ass- they assign roles, and then uh, meanwhile, we cut. To- we go to Sue's corner on her show after they talk about a Unitarian chimp wedding. <laughs> um, I do love their blurbs of local news, and she talks about how we've lost the true meaning of Halloween, which is fear, and people go around trick or treating, browbeating hardworking Americans to give them candy. Uh, it's a pretty funny Sue's Corner. And then she's approached by two people that are basically stand-ins for Fox News.
1: Well, wait, wait. Right before that, in Sue's Corner, I got called out as both an Ohioan and a Floridian. She literally said something about, like, considering <laughs> living in Florida. And I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. literally fired.
0: And then uh, the, the two people talk about how they're like, news, great news is all about fear. And they're like, there's a story here. People are requesting the stage rights to Rocky Horror. Um, and we want you to do a local story on it. And do you want to talk about the Jack-O-Lantern?
1: Okay, so the Jack-O-Lantern... Okay, so first let's talk about the content of what they're saying. Like, they literally go back and forth being like, you can take... You know, a swarm of bees terrorizing a town. You can replace a swarm of bees with anything. And they literally say Mexicans and Mexican terrorists like five times. And I'm like, this is too
2: close to home. <laughs> very, and very. It was, it was crazy. It's weird. I,
3: yeah, I, I hate to be like a Debbie Downer in this situation, but it's really conflicting to me when a show owned by Fox Tries to lampshade its own tactics by having these kinds of characters come in. Well, first of all, Sue's show is supposed to be like a Bill O'Reilly that they're lampooning, which is on the same network. So by mocking themselves, they're normalizing the same kind of content that they're putting out. That like, oh, isn't this funny? She's such a blowhard, and she makes like even like the most innocuous holidays uh, polarizing and political. It's kind of
1: like so like there's Fox News, which is sort of its own racist entity and then there's like the fox sort of entertainment media groups in which they're much more liberal and i think it is kind of this weird concept like they're technically under the same umbrella but executives on one side are probably don't even know that glee is a thing and are actually being made fun of so it's really strange how that's working out and i actually didn't even think about that until now
3: no, I mean, I agree with the point that, like, them coming in and saying uh, a silly thing, a crazy silly thing, like, Mexican terrorists. But by saying Mexican terrorists, you're incepting into viewers, like, you know, however old or young, whatever, back in 2011 when this was made, that now the word Mexican terrorist yep. is in my brain. And I laugh at the idea. And it's there now. But, oh, it wasn't it yeah, funny? Yeah, out. it's a
1: well, problematic. It's definitely It
3: all is. It's very But And here
2: we're getting at the point that we were talking about earlier, way back at the beginning of the episode. It's all about money. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm, money to money. Nero,
3: baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, is this surprising? No.
3: <laughs>
1: um, so also, real quick note, before we get to the jack-o'-lantern, which is also important, uh, the two Fox News-ish people are Barry Bostwick and Meatloaf, who were in the original Rocky Horror Picture Show movie. Uh, Barry Bostwick played Brad, and Meatloaf played Eddie. Fun fact. Oh, oh. That's why you were
2: talking about it at the beginning.
1: Yeah. I had no idea. I oh was my God. like, Meatloaf okay. was
0: in this? Ooh.
1: Yes. No. Okay, I get it, I get it. I saw Barry Bostwick's name in the credits, and I was like, oh my God, Barry Bostwick is in this? And then like they walked into Sue's office, and I was like, Meatloaf is in this? that's where they got the idea to do rocky horror
3: he lost a ton of weight
1: yeah he kind of did but he they both look pretty old like obviously like they're older but like they look definitely their age and they don't really look a lot like their younger selves so like meatloaf definitely looks way different barry boswick you can kind of see some of the similar features uh but her jack-o'-lantern is perfection (laughs)
2: oh my gosh you guys know how hard it is to actually do a jack-o-lantern like that
1: like you have to to do one
2: of elsa last year and it kind of worked and it kind of didn't
1: you have to like what like carve inside but you still need some pumpkin so that like it it has depth and i just can't even imagine a
2: relief sculpture yeah
3: yeah it's more like sculpting than carving
2: she's so talented (laughs) But you have to do it
3: backwards. So relief
2: yes. sculpture, like you have to do a relief sculpture backwards because the negative and positive space are reversed. Yep.
3: Now, do you think that's a real pumpkin, or is that a prop pumpkin that they made,
2: mm.
3: or did some poor PA have some to carve poor PA an probably pumpkin? had
1: to because this is Glee and Glee punishes people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, guys. It's probably a real pumpkin, but I'm thinking they probably had like. A professional, of them. a professional. Yeah. Do. They probably had a professional do like two or three of them. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Uncredited, of course, typical uh-huh. Hollywood. Yeah,
0: in Argly Boot, the pumpkin carver will have their own musical number. <laughs> 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 It'll be "This Is Halloween" from Nightmare Before Christmas." <laughs> Amazing.
1: Another Disney um, property.
0: <laughs> yes. Yep. Disney, Fox, they're one. Um, <laughs>
1: Disney owns everything, guys. Be afraid.
0: Yeah, uh, so Sue, they tell Sue to, like, you should do a story on this, like, go inside and do a story on this high school production that's, like, the progressive agenda has finally come to Lima, Ohio. It has local Emmy written all over it. <laughs> and so Sue comes to the rehearsal the next day, which they're rehearsing the song, Damn It, Janet, and, um, Finn is running all over the room.
3: How is this choreography supposed to work on stage if this is the same choreography that they're quote unquote practicing that's for the, the show? This room does not match that's a great the case.
2: It's it's glee. Everything yeah. is perfect. <laughs> it's fine. I had the same I had a similar
1: questionslash tangent last episode in which Kurt begins a number and then all of a sudden they're all in the auditorium watching him do this incredibly extravagant number. And I'm like, there's no way he did that in the (laughs) the choir room and it would have looked awful. But also like they start off doing like the talking part, right? Um, It looks awful. It's like terribly... Uh, what am I talking about? Lip sync. Like, it's terrible. It looks <laughs> oh. literal like garbage. And I'm like, also the sound quality of the track literally makes it like, I can tell they're lip singing. Like, it's just, it was literal garbage. I couldn't.
3: Yeah, it's particularly bad. I enjoyed the
0: number, though.
3: Oh, I love yeah. the song. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, songs. Whenever
0: I see someone named Janet, I immediately think like, damn it, Janet.
2: to be completely honest i think finn was the perfect part for brad he's he's a
3: good brad
2: perfect for that part like everyone else i was like eh you know whatever but finn is (laughs) Brad.
0: yeah so um sue interrupts the rehearsal to talk to um to talk to will and is all like how dare you do this without me? I have script oversight charges. Like, I want to be part of this because I love Rocky Hart and I have script, like, overview in my contract. Final
1: script so- approval. And she's a no to Republic. <laughs> I literally wrote the down. I was like, I love her. That's great.
0: Um, so she's going to be involved. And then... Um, we cut to Will, is talking to Emma, and he's like, I guess Sue just wants to be involved. That's why she's such a bully. And then he's like, leans into Emma, and he's like, I know this may not be appropriate, but like, I was really hoping, like, you could do the costumes. He like... literally
1: says, Nobody knows Rocky Horror like you. Mm-hmm. And I was I had... really confused.
2: No, I had such a problem with this because. It's never explained. Like, is she a closet Rocky Horror fan or something? No, I far don't as think know, so. we know, she's only seen it one time. Right. That's what I said. I was like, I'm
1: confused. <laughs> did I miss it? Like, she loves Rocky Horror and the safety of her own home, but Carl got her out. Or did Carl introduce it her to both experiences, watching it as a live, like, um, uh, like recorded performance, and also like the movie itself? Like, I was so it confused. Makes no sense at all. Absolutely no sense
3: i didn't catch that so good on you that was one of the
2: things i was like wait what
1: (laughs) yeah i was like did i miss something should i go back and then i was like no i can't go back
2: (laughs) i have to stay
1: confused
0: and because he's just like we'll have to spend a lot of time together and she's just like oh it's the dream come true well not spending time with you but like doing the costumes and it's just he's being so slimy and manipulative Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, if he's
1: supposed to be our protagonist, like there is literally nothing here that's making us like him. Mm-mm. Nothing.
0: Yeah. Even by Will's standards. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, uh, the next scene in this storyline is like you see Sue and her boyfriend Carl John Stamos and Sue. You Sue mean Emma.
1: Emma. <laughs> Wait. When does Mike say that he can't do that?
0: Oh, it's this scene where is Mike. Right...
1: Mike comes in,
0: and he's like, my parents aren't comfortable with me playing a tranny.
1: Tranny, yes. Literally, that's the only word I have written in my notes, and that's how I know, like, it's supposed to happen soon. Uh, That's where I wrote...
0: Emma, the guidance counselor, does not correct his language.
1: Because, again, I don't think that, like, then it was understood as, like... Not even necessarily, like, not that it was a... Not that it was a positive term, but that, like it was shorthand for something that we had decided sort of as a culture at that time that like was a term that we were using, but like it, now well, it, in was this... not, it, it wasn't antiquated yet. Yes. And now it is. And then it's like, Oh, Mike Chang, we thought you were perfect.
2: Uh, mm.
3: Well, I have a question for the group then. In, what, what did tranny mean to you? Transgender When we were in high
2: school,
3: sure.
2: I don't think I knew about any of it when I was in high
3: school. Yeah, I thought it meant transvestite, but yeah, it it very obviously. So back then, I thought transvestite, but now it very obviously rings to me as transsexual, and it's very charged. Yeah, like transsexual,
1: transgender. Like it definitely. Now we have a different, a totally different language for various identities and like i think back then i think hearing the word tranny i think i would hear that it's just like this is a shorthand of a word we just use and i don't think i understood how transvestite was actually used but i knew that that was just like a term and i think tranny was just a short
3: i mean Isn't
0: Shrek? I feel like it was a word that if I would have said it, my I would have gotten in trouble. Really? Because my parents did not like us. They were very, for being very conservative. Parents are very strict on like language and like degrading terms for people. They were very harsh. Like if we ever used them, Um, which I agree with because those are bad things to teach your children are okay. Um, So, but was this a derogatory
1: term that you knew about? Like, cause I don't know if it had a derogatory nature, like that. Like personally, I, like I don't it, think
3: it was. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily something I would like call my yeah. friends, but it was a word that yeah, I knew. Yeah, it's really strange. Like
1: I don't know what it was back then, cause see, yeah, well, I, don't I mean, even think I knew it. I would say that it was like okay, maybe it was acceptable to say, but like there are a lot of things. That are not acceptable to say, yet Shu lets it happen. So, like, I can't really use Glee as a gauge for that. Uh,
3: No, but as a show that like is ostensibly from the perspective of a culture that is typically larger and more LGBTQ leaning than others. uh, There's, there's. I mean, Ryan Murphy is the one that wrote the word tranny. It's not necessarily.
1: It doesn't have quite like the cultural phenomena yet with especially like being attached to the lgbt plus community i think that happens a little later probably but i think that like we're definitely really unpacking this whole word and the experience of it (laughs) because honestly i can't remember what it would have been then and i wish i had the explanation to be able to be like like obviously now it's not acceptable to say and That's a trouble. And I guess it's worth mentioning. Watching this show so far from its creation that it's like, how do you balance these different issues?
3: Yeah. And I guess it's worth mentioning that I myself am not transsexual, transgendered. I'm a cis gay man, and I've never really lived any other way. So I wonder what other people's experience would be. This is just mine and ours.
0: Yeah. I just know I definitely cringed when I watched it, and he said that I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Um,
2: I'm so this is embarrassing, but for the sake of trying to not be embarrassed by not knowing certain knowledge, and instead fighting towards being non ignorant, can you explain to me?
3: I support that cis gay man. Oh sure. So uh, I guess the way that I've heard those terms referred to, and the way I choose to use them, is uh, cis refers to that uh, my gender is as I was born, and uh, I've accepted that. Uh, gay is that I identify as being attracted to other men who identify as men, and uh, m- gay <laughs> and man is I guess redundant. Uh, okay. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. So like, well, I mean, you you would need it in there if uh we didn't know what you were born as
3: correct i could be a woman okay
2: yeah
1: yeah um So i feel informed thank you yes this gender is like gender as we understand gender to be a performance and performative outward appearance matches the same sort of uh socio-cultural acceptance of what the sex also is it's very complex
2: but yes it is very complex
3: it is and it yeah. changes all the time but it's fun I, it's I always say, it, I'm,
2: I'm always trying to ask questions because yeah. i feel like it's it's better to ask questions than to wander around aimlessly uh, honest 100
1: percent. like I respect that that's what people should do is like ask questions and have conversations like this to be like oh well what does this word mean to you well what does this word mean to like society how do we use it like it's so important to do that um i'm always down for this conversation so hit me up all right
0: (laughs) i'm I'm glad we're unpacking this while i'm so drunk
2: (laughs) best time to do it honestly though (laughs) she's right
0: yeah, I'm just, but I'm like, words are hard, and like you had that great line, Hannah, and I'm just like good because i'm I'm glad because I'm too drunk to explain anything <laughs> logically.
1: So let's get back to glee. <laughs>
0: uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the Finn body image stuff after we get through the will stuff mm-hmm.
1: um, so, so, that, so Mike, Ching, Su, Mike Chang
0: says and he drops out of the play. His parents aren't comfortable with him doing it
3: which must have been a fight between him and his parents that yeah. Will yeah. started.
0: So thanks for that, Will. Um, <laughs> we'll meet Mike Chang's parents later.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah. I don't think I remember meeting them, so this is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no Asian stereotypes involved in it at all. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. What uh, was that last episode where Asian everything was about dim sum? Yeah. yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> all right. Yeah, please.
0: Yeah. And then so Emma and Carl are looking at Rock are planning their Rocky Horror trick-or-treating Halloween costumes. I'm just there's two adults and they say they're gonna go trick or treating and I'm like
1: And she's so, so excited, I don't understand. I'm like Like it's a i'm just kidding
0: it's one of those things they do this in hollywood a lot where they have adults that are like oh we're gonna go trick-or-treating like i see that in halloween media and i'm always like confused because i'm like adults love halloween still like they dress up but they don't really go trick-or-treating no they go to
2: other people's houses to drink a halloween party that's all they needed to say a halloween party
3: yeah which would even be more appropriate yes, to wear Rocky Horror outfits, Yes, there is Rocky no Horror way
2: that them wearing Rocky Horror on the streets of the suburban area with a bunch of little tiny five-year-old children right. is going to be
3: ever okay. Which John, Stamos even, which John Stamos even says later, like, oh, I do that in the comfort of my own home because I'm freaky like that. Yes, but then what exactly. were you doing in the office?
0: Yeah, so they're... They're looking at their costumes, and Sue just runs in with a knee-jerk reaction. Get your perverted <laughs> sex games out of this school.
3: <laughs> Jane Litch, famous lesbian, playing this staunch, hand-wringing, uh, waspy woman.
0: I love um, it. And they are, they're like, oh, no, these are Rocky Horror costumes. And then uh, Sue is all like, oh, well... We were supposed to have Rocky Horror production, but we're going to be canceling because we don't have a Frankenfurter and my heart's just breaking for these poor kids. So Carl's like, Oh, I'll audition, (laughs) or I'll be in it. And then Will's like, Well, they cut to a scene in the choir room, and Will's like, Well, I can't just give you a part like I literally did to everyone else in this play. Right.
2: It was so (laughs) weird. Were they making fun of that? Was that a joke? It was a Um, joke, right? mm, I don't think it was. I think it was being garbage.
1: Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, Chu trying to be gatekeepy because it will mean he's that much closer to It would have been so much Emma. better
1: as a joke. So yeah. um, is this where <laughs> he comes he's like, you have a hole and I'm here to fill it? And then yeah. Santana's like, wanky. And then yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's where I got that from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is Jane Stamos, can you blame her? And
1: she constantly is, like, just, like, going gaga over him. And it's, like, really, it shouldn't be funny because it's a teenager. Yeah, and an adult man. And no one, like, Emma just goes, Santana. And, like, that's it. Not, like, this is really inappropriate. Maybe you have some (laughs) issues that you want to talk about to us. (laughs) And it's really uncomfy. There's a lot of uncomfy. But, yeah, that's just one
0: I think the reason it's funny is because he doesn't really reciprocate, whereas Will is, like, dances around with the teenagers.
1: True.
0: And that's True. why it's I don't so know. Like,
1: is everything okay? <laughs> was there an earthquake? <laughs> it's, it's,
3: it's an ice machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: my God. I thought there was, like, an earthquake and stuff was happening. What? <laughs> I...
0: There were two earthquakes when Hannah came to visit us. The two are on the 4th of July. Oh my
2: God. Yeah. Um, That was. Crazy. I thought there was one like a couple days ago, but I think. I don't I know. I'm going to take you I to Vegas. That was an earthquake. Um, yeah.
3: No, just ice. <laughs> okay. just having a good time. Just, just making another
1: drink cool. Just making sure. That uh, was an earthquake.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm um,
1: but yeah, no, so like. A couple episodes ago, like, when we first met Carl, I think it was, like, he just kind of, like, accepted everyone hitting on him. And it was, like, that's also not okay. Like, he should not be encouraging it by, like, smiling dashingly at everyone, you know? Yeah. It's it's still, like, it's funny, I think, because it's Santana. But it's also not funny in real life
0: yeah i would not want to i'm glad this isn't real life
2: oh my goodness this would be this i don't this there's literally no way
1: that this show exists in a similar or the same world that we actually live in due to the body image issue stuff that we will talk about later so like we've got a lot to talk about there but uh yeah let's let's talk about john stamos's audition
0: yeah, so he sings Hot Patootie. <laughs> Do you have something to say, Kyle?
3: This is my least favorite song in the whole musical. Like, even in the movie, uh, the one that... he, he The character yeah. shows up unannounced. I think there's one throwaway yes. line about his existence, but otherwise, he breaks into the movie. He literally, like, explodes into the movie, and every single character, except for um, uh, What's-Her-Face in the in the Golden Tuxedo wants him gone and so i'm just here waiting for this asshole who interrupted my movie to leave and he sings a song that has nothing to do with anything he's just singing about how fun things used to be
0: yeah
1: oh we're gonna have a fun time when we talk about favorite and least favorite songs then (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's not even my least favorite song in this episode it's just my oh least my favorite God. song in the musical okay,
1: spoiler alert it was my favorite song in this episode because I hated everything else
0: <laughs> uh, fair I mean it's John Stamos yeah also uh, I
1: didn't know John Stamos could sing like that was fun
3: I didn't either yeah. so. is it actually him do he we, he, do, he do sings sing in other
0: things it? too yeah,
3: he's he he's singing little Galif- mermaid alive, awesome.
0: and he's in Galavant and- yeah
3: but he didn't sing on <laughs> full Jesse house. Uncle Jesse did
1: not sing on full house. No. Or I mean, no, yeah he did. He probably did cuz <laughs> he, he was have a... a band. Yeah, I was like he was a music person. Oh my god, I totally forgot that yeah. he was Uncle Jesse.
3: <laughs> Time. Oh, <laughs> let the They do
0: some swing dancing to the song and I actually know some of those moves, so I was like, "Ooh, I'm cool."
3: I will say the choreography is probably one of the most yeah, exciting Yeah, it was a lot of episode. fun.
1: Uh I had a lot of fun watching it yeah. and I sang along. I did not sing along to literally any other song. <laughs> and I know all of them.
3: Oh, I sang along to over at the Frankenstein place. That's, <laughs> so, I won't spoil.
0: So Will is sitting there <laughs> pouting the whole time. And I think that's also why it's fun because everyone else is yes. having fun and he's miserable. And you're like, yes, yes you finally. deserve
1: this. <laughs> you did this. this. You did this to yourself.
0: And then uh yeah. he's like, Well, we needed a uh Sue is like, we needed a Frankenfurter, not an Eddie. I eliminated Eddie in my rewrites. And so Will's like, I guess you can't be in it. And then Mercedes is like, I'll be Frankenfurter. I was shocked.
1: I was too. I did not remember this happening.
0: I did, but it is definitely kind of out of character for like church girl Mercedes to be like I'm gonna be Frankenfurter, but it is like she wanted. She's also always wants leads, and this is her chance to actually have a lead because Will's not gonna give it to her.
1: Yes, and that's what sucks is that like she's like he's not gonna give her a lead from what we understand, and like she has to take this role that like really in reality like she I don't think she would actually be comfortable doing. So it's kind of like it kind of feels like. The show was like, shit, so what much. are we going to give this to? And they're like, oh, my God, Mercedes is sitting in the back in the choir room. We'll just give it to her. Like, that happened on the day. They didn't know. Like, all of this chaos was, like, real life. They didn't know what they were
2: doing.
3: Oh, we can't give it to Artie. He's already <laughs> the wheelchair like, uh, guy.
2: saying that Mercedes, like, takes the role. But I distinctly remember her just, like, timidly standing up yes. and asking Mr. Shu please, Mr. Shu, can I have the role? And if she actually really wanted the role, I don't think that's how Mercedes would no, approach it exactly. at all.
3: I completely agree with you. I'm not even that familiar with Mercedes, but it sucks that the only person of color in that room, besides the Asians, is the has to wait until every other person has tried, and there's been a story reason for them not to be able to do it, for her to feel enough agency to Ask yeah. yeah. If she can it is. it was very
2: dis- she like, was
1: really, really timid. That's what like so like she like in that choir room scene that I was telling you guys about how like they were all really clicked o- away from each other and she was off by herself. Like it kind of felt like there was something going on with Mercedes mm-hmm. off camera that Glee just wasn't talking about. And this was also a result of that. that like she was having a timid moment.
3: I mean, they like, she yeah. bites Rachel's head off when she's like, uh, just, it'll preserve I, your voices.
1: This is this is one of those moments where like Glee characters only exist, it's a separate world every single episode. It's like the Twilight Zone. It's like a brand new world. And the, the, the characters restart. <laughs> and sometimes this they're way different. Yeah, it just
2: feels very different to what we've already known, especially, like for a lot of the characters, like Kurt, Mercedes, excuse me.
0: What
1: um, if, because it starts on science fiction, whatever it is, the opening double song, feature. Yeah. and they literally open it as, like, the movie does, what if this isn't even actually real life? This is just a movie, and none of this matters. Whoa. Uh-oh, I've had too much Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also, yeah. I... T- I I'd give Glee some credit sometimes and they don't deserve it.
3: Yeah. Hopatootie. Um, Hopatootie.
1: So- Meh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then uh it cuts to rehearsal and they're rehearsing uh sweet trans- transvestite from sensational Transylvania.
1: Um Um I'm just going to say this song literally yeah. doesn't work outside of the context of the movie or the play. And thank you. It also really doesn't work with Mercedes doing it. Even though I think she sounds amazing, it just doesn't work.
3: So I got to say, it's interesting. My sister performed in this musical, Rocky Horror, and in her production, they had a female mm-hmm. play Frankenfurter. And they didn't change anything about what the lines they said, because frankly, the character of Frankenfurter is gender fluid with some of the things that they do throughout the musical. So it didn't really like affect my viewing experience when I watched it with my sister's production, but Mercedes and the way she's dressed and the way she's acting has nothing to do with this musical or Frankenfurter. She might as well just be doing karaoke.
1: I feel like if we watch their whole production, it would make sense. And I would be like, yeah. But because it's such a limited view of her role, I'm like, I don't agree with this.
3: Yeah, and this is supposed to be... Is this the dress rehearsal? Or is it's this the normal rehearsal? rehearsal.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. This is, oh, wait. Is well, this just? Dress- I don't even remember. All-
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, they're on stage. Right. You yeah. don't
1: have to is- go
4: on
2: stage <laughs> until like it's the dress rehearsal. Yeah, well,
3: until... Well, then, yeah like, they, they this school so is so fucking it's poor
1: but they have a fog machine <laughs> and a, they have an elevator that and goes up and down theater. they have all of these great props that either the drama club made for free and those people didn't get any credit or this is a movie and this is not their real life
0: <laughs> yeah the the props are insane um yeah, unless the school had done a production of Frankenstein last year, that this no one talked about, and <laughs> they just had <have> these <laughs> leftover props.
4: Um,
0: yeah, and then uh, Carl breaks in afterwards, and he's like, "I'm feeling my entrance in this scene," and and Will is all oh like, God. "Carl, you're supposed to be in the next scene." And I also could think of was, "Carl, we don't kill people." <laughs> <laughs> And Emma's like, ah, oh, such good impulses. So we're supposed to, I guess, side with Will, but we're Okay,
2: can I just ask a question here? Why is Emma, the costume designer, have any other input into like the production of this play?
3: Yeah, why yes. is she so next Because Shu is like,
2: I want you to sit right here next to
1: me where I can watch you. That was uh, off camera. Yeah. Um, That's not how it works. I, I only side you. with Shu in the fact that. He's 100% right in that he missed missed his cue. He overshot his cue, and he ruined part of the set to do it, and like that's not professional. Aside from that, literally, I don't care. Carl can do what he wants because he's (laughs) obviously just fucking with Shu, and I'm here for it.
3: Is this the same moment where poor Sam runs out on stage in his, like, speedo and says, I feel a little uncomfortable, and they're like, shut yes! up, we're doing a Oh rehearsal. my
2: goodness, I felt so bad for him. Oh my goodness. Okay, Alyssa's Corner, guys. Okay, so when I was in high school, I was part of a musical, and this literally happened to me, except maybe with a little bit more dire circumstances, in which... I broke my foot in the middle of rehearsal, and I was like, "Oh, ow! I can't walk." And the director, who was our history professor, literally yells to oh, like, boy. "I don't know the stagehands, get her off the stage!" I was pissed. I was Jeez. so pissed. Oh my gosh! And he's Thank you were a prop. Yes, I was, and I was not happy obviously but this this is a uh, kind of a real thing i think cuz it happened to me
1: i was really confused because the transition to lissa's corner was from when sam was in his underwear and i thought you were going to talk about you being in your underwear on stage no <laughs> No, literally, that's what I was waiting for. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not coming. I just misunderstood everything. Cool. (laughs)
2: Sorry. I don't have a story about that.
3: Finn's body image objectification and all of that subplot rung like surprisingly, it resonated with me on a surprising level. We had to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in my high school. And almost everybody on stage is topless. And I wasn't comfortable doing that. So it was really tough for me.
0: Ooh, that's, we'll get into that storyline. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we have thoughts.
2: Jumping ahead here. Um,
0: So Uh, then uh, Will has Emma come into this classroom. And she's like, oh, you want to see me? And he's like. This
1: dim classroom. It is dim.
0: (laughs) It's dim. And he's all like, oh, Uh, We have a problem. It's Carl. He said some of these roles are just inappropriate for children. And, like, Sam is so uncomfortable. And Emma's playing along, I think, thinking he's going to cancel the musical. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, no, I think I'm going to play Rocky. Oh, my God. And
2: he's like,
0: we need to practice. We need to practice. No, no, no.
2: I think his exact words were something like, I want to rehearse this can you help me
1: no i need to have touch a touch me down by rehearsal tomorrow can you help me that's yes. almost like verbatim what he says yeah and a song I... that
0: another character sings <laughs> not him
3: he doesn't have to The think. more i think about this the more uncomfortable it makes me because like it's played for romance and comedy but i have to imagine that statistically this exact move verbatim word for word has been used by men to trick, to trick women into being into a compromising okay, situation. Okay, okay.
1: So, okay, I'm having literally, my mind is melting. So Emma is rehearsing this with him, right? She's supposed to be playing the Janet character in this moment. But Rachel is mm-hmm. playing Janet in the actual show. And if he's Rocky, I mean, he's going to do this with Rachel and somehow he's oh. okay with that. My, oh, no, I didn't I, think about that. Rachel,
4: who had oh, a crush on him Why didn't even him Emma
1: say that? She was going to be like, oh, no, oh, no,
4: no.
1: oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm having a meltdown. I'm just realizing this.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's going to be doing that with Rachel, who had a crush on him and went to his house once, unannounced.
3: And he thinks it's 100% And okay. Emma doesn't
1: say anything about it. That's because the show in this moment exists in a bubble in which... which is like Shu and M are the only two characters and this song was only meant to be for them and the rest of the script like the writers just don't think about the actual logic of that and now I literally am just I'm having a meltdown uh
3: oh my god that makes me sick i
1: also there's some real confusing diegetic issues with britney and santana being there as well (laughs) sorry (laughs) i have a lot to say we're like they're singing as part of what the actual song is being like you mean she and then she's like yeah like that sort of commentary about what they're listening to Brittany and Santana don't have the context of the Emma-Will relationship to know that Emma's actually a virgin or that we know. So, like, it doesn't make sense. And then also, their outside area of the school literally looks like the same crappy cardboard (laughs) that they did on stage, like, five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's, I have a lot. That's what I have to say about that. But yeah, I had a full-on meltdown and then shifted into logical thought.
0: Something about Matthew Morrison's shirtless body just made me very uncomfortable.
2: You know
1: what? <laughs> he was still wearing a tie.
2: I think that's what made me uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: He looked like a Chippendale. I was Chippendale's and Dale's
2: I had like I don't think I would have been half as uncomfortable as I was if they had, if, if the tie was just gone.
4: Well I and mean, she it it still, made
2: it it look still would have been uncomfortable, but just the tie made it like that much more uncomfortable.
1: So, and she
0: cups his peck at the end of the song. Uh, and I'm like,
1: so like don't touch him. they could have like what part of Touch A Touch Me did he have to get down? Like literally they could have just sang the song together and not done anything and that would have been more appropriate. But also like During the...
3: Yeah, why would Emma know the choreography? Yeah, like,
1: again, this is in a classroom that looks nothing like the actual stage. So, like, this choreography is garbage. Also, they just, like, got germs all over that desk, and that's disgusting
2: and <laughs> okay okay this is this is your coronavirus reaction
1: true, true 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 uh yeah we are currently all self-quarantined uh
2: that's fun but yeah every time i watch anything i'm like you have to be six feet away from each other <laughs> wash your hands <laughs> um, what are you doing?
1: and then last thing that i have to say is i don't like the leaning over the camera shots that happen. Oh God! Especially yeah. Shoe, but also when he's the like, children. "Creature of
0: the night," that is my night terror. <laughs> that, is that is like my nightmare. Paralysis demon <laughs> <laughs> leaning over me. Creature of the night. I'm like, you are a creature of the night.
1: And, and you like... can feel his tie hitting you in the face. <laughs> it's
0: Like the, the power of Christ compels you, like away from me. <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure that happens in the movie. Yeah, That's what like they're referencing. Yeah, I think but the director. implication in the movie is that, like, they're all pulling a train on her. Am I wrong? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're right. That's true. Like, I got the it's reference, so... but I didn't. Th- again, this is that weird logic where if you think about it, where is she, like, again, or is this a dream sequence? Like, because all I of the kids no are in character
3: it's 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 a it's a symptom of the larger problem which is this show (laughs) that it wants to exist in this like magical world between things not mattering and things really mattering
1: that's a really great way to put it also i can't believe you said running a train on her i die (laughs) no because i'm 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 like that's kind of what's happening it's awful it's horrific yeah
3: not that being promiscuous is intrinsically horrific. I'm not trying no. to slut shame here. It's just, in the context of the show, having Emma be into yeah. that is so weird, let alone the children being participants. Ew. Also, I think
1: this whole number... Actually, I think the whole episode was built around this number because of Emma's voice sounding so much like like Susan Sarandon in the movie. She sounds exactly it's like Susan Sarandon. how much she sounds like her. So, yeah, I definitely think... That's where they started, and they rode backwards.
0: <laughs> Side comment: I love Susan Sarandon; I think she's amazing.
2: hundred oh, percent. I still can't believe you haven't seen Rocky Horror yet.
0: Well, watching we this, yeah, yourself. watching this episode makes me want to because I'm like, I need
3: to know what inspired this
0: crime.
3: We should watch. it. Those two acts are amazing. We, the end is bananas and bizarre and weird. We
2: should definitely watch it.
3: Well, we're quarantined.
2: Yes, while we're quarantined. The perfect yeah, quarantine Yeah, bring movie. toast. Well, we can just make toast.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. bring
2: it from the kitchen to the living room.
0: <laughs> um, So, touch a touch, touch me happens. No uh, one's
2: happy. <laughs> it just, you know. I'm not happy.
0: You're not happy. We're it's- all <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emma's not happy because Emma just runs off leaving her blouse that she took off. And I'm like, that was a good blouse. Like... Will, you well, robbed Emma of that nice blouse?
2: That was a sweater.
0: Or it was a yeah, thing. It was a top. top. <laughs> it was. It was nice. It went well with her outfit.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Um, I have so a lot of it, all
1: caps notes coming up, so get ready.
2: Oh boy!
0: <laughs> so we cut to the. We go back to that scene at the beginning, right? This is the opening number, and then where Carl interrupts.
2: Okay, can I just say that I forgot that we had went back in time and then when we were in the regular timeline or whatever, I was totally torn out of the story. Again. Uh,
3: yes. yes, that's my point. Uh, it yes. adds nothing. Yeah, it
2: was ridiculous. We shouldn't have done that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, Carl comes in. Are you making moves with my woman? And he's like, oh, does this mean you're quitting the show? And he's like, because he's like, I don't know what you're talking Will's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Carl's like, oh, well, I do because we, me and Emma have a total honesty policy, something that you wouldn't know about. Um, and then he's like, I actually care. Carl says he actually cares about the arts. He doesn't just use them to pick up other guys' chicks. And it cuts to all the kids just, like, uncomfortably realizing that that's exactly what he's doing and why he's having them do this.
3: And he doesn't apologize. No. He's just like, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. I'm not, I'm not like proud of it, but I'm not ashamed either.
1: (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to stay the same.
3: Yeah. He's like, yeah. So watch out. Hold on to your girlfriends, guys.
2: I think this is one (laughs) of the problems with Glee. It's that um, once the characters learn the lessons, they, they, so it's, it's like, okay, I learned a lesson. Therefore, the mistake I made was not as bad. That's not
3: how it works. I solved the problem that I created. Aren't I a hero? No, not good.
2: Yeah.
0: So because of what goes on in the Finn storyline, Will is called into Figgins' office and Figgins is like, your reasons for doing this production are murky to me. I can't protect you if this goes wrong. And so Will's already starting to second guess his awful decision making. And then he is in his office working on Rocky Horror and... Becky comes in dressed as Sue, doing trick or treating. Of the course, he doesn't have Halloween candy. Halloween
1: costume,
0: as
3: Sue, um, and so <laughs> she. Uh, he doesn't have candy. Effectively reminding me that it's Halloween, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because I've forgotten so many times. It is a
2: really cute costume, though.
3: <laughs> it is,
0: and Will of course doesn't have candy because he's the worst, and uh, he, he quote
2: unquote
1: forgot. Yeah, right.
0: I
3: forgot.
1: He wouldn't yeah. have bought candy anyway.
0: No, he wouldn't have. Yeah, and then uh, he he's like, oh, I've been working on Rocky Hart." And Becky's like, Rocky Hart is an abomination. That's what Sue says. <laughs> and he's like, what? And so she, she's, she just randomly decides to be like, oh, she says it on her tape. I'll show you.
1: Yes, let me show okay, you. Okay, Becky <laughs> would not do that. Becky's loyal to Sue. So like, It's literally. It makes no sense.
2: Everyone is out of character in this episode.
3: Oh, I interpreted that as Sue assigning her to this mission to, like, ooh, sneakily uh, give him access to the That's interesting. That does normally
1: happen, but because of the way she reacts to it, like, he. She wants the Emmy. Yeah. she, She would never want him to see it. Because he ends up
3: it's true. changing That's his true. mind
1: like, like what other possibility would there have been other than him to like, I guess like he could have kept fighting after he saw it, but then like, I don't know. It just, none of it seemed logical.
3: No, you're right. It literally serves as like, wow, if even Sue thinks this is a bad idea, then I gotta right, stop. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Like, and then you're also being like, wow, Sue must be a terrible person for thinking or, like, if Sue's such a terrible person and she even thinks this is, like, bad, which is, like, also very contradictory because, like, Sue has these moments where she's actually, like, really poignant and knows what she's talking about.
0: Which I feel like this tape was actually kind of one of them where she mm-hmm. was, like, if people's sole purpose of making art is pushing boundaries, it's usually bad art, and I'm, like, oh, like this episode of Glee that I'm watching? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> like most of the episodes of Glee we've watched? <laughs>
2: Like, honestly, she was making some really good points.
1: The hubris of Ryan Murphy right now.
2: (laughs) I'm telling you.
3: No, you're right. Everyone
2: is out of character. It's so weird. This episode is like a completely
1: different zone. Ryan Murphy forgot that he was supposed to write the episode and then wrote it (laughs) on the day.
3: On the bus like all over. of the
1: all of the oh. actors are sitting there in makeup, like about to go on, and he's like scribbling things down, typing furiously in final draft,
3: copy pasting <laughs> things from the Rocky <laughs> he, Horror. The script. only
1: thing he took out of this was the actual record scratch that he wanted to put in in the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was unedited.
0: Yeah, so uh he sees that sue is like hey we shouldn't we should this is a bad idea we shouldn't make the children fight the culture war for us on the taxpayer's dime and uh he's he's like sue you sent me up for that and she's like oh root through anyone's personal belongings lately <laughs> and uh he, she's just trying she's like yeah it's a bad idea like she has some really good points on how it's like He's like, well, kids have access to this kind of material, and she's like, don't lead them to it. Right. Um, One of the
1: things that you said about, like, like you mentioned how she said, like, we shouldn't let the, we shouldn't make kids fight the culture war for us, kind of brings back to like the Mike Chang thing, where like his parents seemed, from what we understand, upset that he was doing this, probably because they didn't think it was inappropriate, they didn't think it was appropriate, and so like he was probably put in the middle of this like well i want to do this thing so like that actually if if this that idea of like the culture war and not making kids fight it was a more prominent idea in this episode like that scene would have been really interesting to have like mike having to fight his parents being like no i want to do this and have i have him have to learn that like yeah, but, like, maybe you're not old enough to comprehend these different ideas and this, these, yeah, these themes.
3: I 100% agree with you, because I feel like the few times that I came into conflict with my parents over, like, my identity was wherein they were afraid of me putting myself out there for a fear of my mm-hmm. safety. That it's, like, it doesn't matter how proud and confident you feel— there are bigots and monsters out there that will never accept you. And so it's our responsibility as parents to tell you, we love you and we accept you and don't go around parading that. Like it's like on your sleeve, you got to keep it a little secret. So that would have been an amazing mine to, uh, or an amazing vein. Yeah, to and, mine. and
1: like, I know like Kurt and his dad have that kind of concept that like, So, like, if Kurt had decided he wanted to do Frankenfurter, like, that would have been a fantastic scene. A better episode. It would have been actually in
2: character. It would have been in character.
1: It would have been, like you said, like, a really great thing to mine up these different ideas and have these conversations. But, yeah.
3: Because I can tell you, like... From firsthand experience, if my high school decided to do rocky horror, I would be so conflicted because I wanted to do musical theater. I did musical theater all throughout high school, but I am so uncomfortable with this play on so many levels.
2: Oh, yeah. I've got a, a very uncomfortable play. Let's be real. Yeah. It's uncomfortable.
3: But it's yes. supposed to be in, like, a really, like, like controversial, antagonistic way. It's like, ooh, isn't this taboo? Yes. Aren't you uncomfortable one the, right now?
1: Yes. One what? of the points <laughs> really early on when they decide – when she was, like, yeah, we're doing Rocky Horror and people were, like, oh, isn't this a bit much? Kurt literally said a school in Texas was banned from doing rent and, like, they couldn't even get away, like, do that – But the big difference between Rent and Rocky Horror is like Rent isn't meant to push boundaries just to push boundaries. Like Rent is supposed to be a story about community, about love, about struggle, about a lot of different themes, and it also happens in a grounded and it also happens to push boundaries because it has a a wider concept of sexuality and identity and that kind of stuff. So like that idea of like. Yeah, like, they point out all these different interesting themes, but they never really dig into them enough to make them cohesive and to make sense. Like, it kind of felt thrown away being like, yeah, we're never going to get away with doing Rocky Horror because this school in, in Texas couldn't even do Rent. And it's like, they're two very different shows with very different purposes.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah and by doing rocky horror by titling it the rocky horror glee show we obviously come into it excuse me with like preconceived notions and controversy of like oh rocky horror i know what that means uh we'll see what they do because this is on tv we'll see how far they push that envelope so but it's controversy for the sake of controversy it feels flat and inauthentic i don't respond to it in this day and age maybe it worked in the 70s when it was written and when it came out but i mean i don't mean to get up on our like own high horse but we're a post obama era america we're ready for a little more subtlety in our uh yes but
2: we weren't when this first came out yeah (laughs)
3: correct this is a stepping stone I, I fully agree that without this show without this musical and movie we wouldn't have the kind of progressive uh media mm-hmm. that we have today
1: mm-hmm. and that would have been
3: i'm still uncomfortable that would have been
1: another interesting theme because like a, i think a couple episodes shu had a lesson that was about something because if it didn't exist we wouldn't have certain media that we have now or something like that and like that
3: yeah, like Hedwig and the Angry Inch, we probably wouldn't have yeah, if not like for we would
1: like if that was actually a another theme of this episode that like like we are paying tribute to this musical because it gave us some of the things we have today. Like again, that's another theme that would have made sense, would have helped people stay in character, and like would have been something interesting even along the lines of like what we were talking about. Like, is there a limitation to what children should be exposed to and how they should express themselves these kind of themes like I don't know
3: yeah you're right they they seem more concerned with presenting that they've thought of those themes than actually yep, engaging 100%. with them
2: and I blame Shu <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> the only person in character in this episode is Shu exactly.
1: exactly he is very in character like two in character I would say
2: yes
3: I, I find it hard to believe this entire sh- episode made it to I'm air I'm
1: surprised a lot of the episodes made it to air yeah. honestly yeah. Power of Madonna is definitely one of them
0: <laughs> yeah In an interesting food for thought speaking of musicals that Rocky the Heart Rocky Heart paved the way for it. I'm okay I'm struggling It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. uh, Riverdale is their musical episode this season is Kinky Boots
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, like.
0: Yeah. Paved the way. A musical well, Kinky Boots not familiar is a little with, bit more actually.
1: grounded, but it does have some of the same themes of, like, expression, for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, a, and alien transvestites? No, no, none of
1: those. I think it's supposed to be based in, like, <laughs> oh, okay. like a, um, a, like a, a blue collar town in England, I think, is, like, at least where the movie was set. I don't know about the actual play. Yeah, I
2: think I have seen Kinky Boots. The movie's
1: really good. I ha- I've i listened to the, the soundtrack of the musical, but um, the movie's really good. Haven't seen the actual musical. Would love to see it. Would have killed to see Brennan Yuri in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, um, <laughs> tangents. Yeah. So we love tangents here. <laughs> um, so, so Will decides to cancel Rocky Horror, and he talks to Emma, and he's like, if I was really... I'm going to cancel the production and if I really loved you I'd be happy that or I'd be willing to be let you be happy with Carl and it's like yeah Boring. gross and then he decides to cancel the production and he Wait, says
2: hold on is this the same episode that Emma but no not the same episode the same scene that Emma says love makes you do crazy things yeah Ew! Yeah.
1: I've I zoned yeah. out of that. I hate that. No, honestly,
2: I was so that's excusing put off his
1: behavior.
2: Yes, it is. Ew. There is no way that he actually loves her. Absolutely no. none. He
1: wants to control her. None. He wants to possess. Yes, it's her. all
2: about control and ownership and disgusting. It's gross. I was so put off. Yeah.
3: It's nice that the whole love makes you do insane, criminal, illegal things kind of died with the Me Too movement.
4: Yeah. yeah. In, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend really died.
3: Cra- cra- yeah. Hopefully it's in our Crazy movie Ex-Girlfriend
0: man. really dissected it to the point where, like, that was, like, the whole point of the show was dissecting, like... <laughs> What's okay to do when you're in love, and like right. how a lot of those things that rom coms say are okay are actually really unsettling and creepy yeah. in real life. It's
3: Don't like do it. Movie, it's like that movie. It's like that movie that's out right now, oh, The Invisible yes. Man. In another decade, it would be a yeah. romance. Oh no! I bet you. Of like the Invisible X winning no, his X no. yes. by being, I bet invisible. you that
1: was the original draft. And then Me Too happened, and they're like, "Shit, dude, no one's gonna go for this anymore."
3: We've already filmed. Like, half it's of fine.
1: It. Elizabeth Moss can do anything.
2: Get another
3: editor. <laughs> she sure can. Um,
0: so he, it's it's okay. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> that's my role here. It's just occasionally bringing it back to <laughs> Um So they he canceled the production, and he says, "But we're gonna put it on for ourselves." And, they and everyone's just...
1: so happy about that. And I'm like, why wouldn't you be furious being like, we did all this fucking work and we're not going to get money to go to nationals. Also, we're not going to use any of these numbers at nationals or re- like, they're for sure not going to do sweet transvestite competitively. Like they just wasted all their time.
3: The music band had to rehearse.
2: Honestly, it's not even like about the money when you rehearse something for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Right. It's about putting it on for an audience. Whether well, I or not mean, you get money. I yeah. a question. And <laughs> every time you,
3: we- it's mentally taxing.
2: Yeah. Yes. Well, and then he's like, "We're gonna put it on for ourselves," and I'm like, "You've literally been doing that for the entire time. You've been rehearsing." Right.
1: <laughs> what were the rest of the numbers? Shoe was that? Were there people watching? Was Jacob Ben Israel sitting there? No. Like that was for them. Uh, also, the timeline. How long uh, were they actually rehearsing? It was four days, right? Don't get me
0: started on Glee <laughs> and musical timelines because it's
1: like a week. You can make a musical in 4 <laughs> days Colin, oh, because
0: I, musical rehearsals take like at the very least
3: a at month. at the very
1: least weeks. But like yeah. Yeah.
3: because these are children with full-time schedules most of which have extracurriculars and homework other than but the they league, somehow yeah. make time. Yeah, but they somehow make time for this extracurricular thing. Mm-hmm. It's like this but would But they take never go to classes. Semester. That's the thing. No, never any other classes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yes, it would take all semester to put on a musical, and I'd be so pissed if it was some if, if it was Rocky Horror just because the teacher was horny for the guidance counselor, and then we didn't have. To... I
1: would get that motherfucker fired. That's what my first step would be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be so mad. Um, so this he
1: pitched doing Touch a Touch a Touch Me with a student. Oh!
0: <laughs> yeah, remember in the first episode where Rachel gets someone fired for groping a student.
2: This is is literally more brought them back into the school.
1: (laughs) This is amazing because if you think about the first episode and that sort of like crux of Glee Club being what it is now, none of these storylines make sense because all of these people should be fired based on that same logic. Again, this is Twilight Zone, but Glee, everything is a new world. The characters reset.
0: (laughs) because of the time warp they sing time warp at the end
3: Oh.
0: and it happens um...
3: I hate that song <laughs> and it also makes no sense what version of time warp are they singing where all the characters are on stage and Brad gets to take over for Riff, La- Riff Raff's lines
2: I don't think is guess... the curtain call? maybe we don't no know idea. there's no audience
0: because they all collapse on the ground kind of like isn't it at the end of the movie they're on the ground
3: no, it's worse than that okay.
1: Yeah, I yeah. don't even really remember the end of the movie Because I normally like shut it off at a certain point
3: uh... No, I just I wrote down on my list of ways Mr. Schuster is, is a creep And at the very bottom I said He realizes he was wrong And gets rewarded with a private performance Of Rocky Horror <laughs> Performed by his cabal of sexy children
1: <laughs> Oh <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah that's accurate
3: like dance for me children
1: gross but accurate
3: like oh yeah I'm gonna have these children perform Rocky Horror but then at the last second I'm just gonna make it a private performance for me
4: oh 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 that's even
3: oh
1: yeah do the I mean the kids only kind of know that like it got cancelled because it was inappropriate so like yeah oh gross (laughs)
3: Yeah. No, but once again, this is a problem that he caused and he doesn't get punished. In fact, he gets rewarded at the end of it by his squeeze saying like, wow, you've really matured.
1: (laughs) It's like, have you or have you taken seven steps back? Mm -mm.
3: It literally took every single character in the entire show. There's no characters left to tell him this is a bad idea for him (laughs) to decide maybe this is a bad idea.
2: But he made the decision that it was a bad idea, therefore and that's the everything's point. okay, right? Oh,
1: yep.
3: Exactly. Isn't he a nice guy? Oh, nice. He's Didn't so he such realize... a nice
2: guy. He's
3: he realized so... it was a bad idea to stalk you, so you should date him since he realized oh, that. Oh my
2: goodness. And that is all that any woman is ever looking for. Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Seuster is a incel.
0: <laughs> is everyone okay with some quick Joker spoilers? I loved it. I will
1: literally... Wait, are we talking about the movie Joker? Yeah. I will literally never
2: see it. Go ahead. Oh. For listeners, if you plan on watching Joker and you have not, these are spoilers. This is
0: spoilers. There's this scene where this woman that he's stalking is suddenly like, Oh, I noticed you following me, and then she becomes like his girlfriend, and I'm like, no woman would ever do that. This makes no sense.
1: (laughs) That's why I will not watch that movie.
0: (laughs) He realizes he like we the audience realizes that this was just a fantasy, and this woman wasn't following him around. So then I'm like, oh, this movie makes so much more sense now because she's freaked out that he's stalking her. But at first she's like, oh, I'm into this, and I'm like, what,
3: what, 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 what? No. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the way Todd Fell the way Todd Phillips handles that reveal is so good. Yeah, it's 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 a good movie. It is. It is. It's got it. some weird parts. I don't see why he had to put his fingers in a child's mouth, but he got an Oscar, so who am I to judge?
2: I don't remember that.
3: <laughs> yeah, so um
0: that is the will plot. Um let's get into the Finn plot. Oh, it's okay. much shorter. Yeah. Here we
2: go.
3: That's sad.
2: It is it's it's so questionable.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh you know how I said I had all caps notes? Those all caps notes are for this storyline. So <laughs> uh it's toward the end, but I think I have lots of all caps notes throughout, so
2: I'm ready. Let's go, let's go.
0: So Finn starts to feel uncomfortable and when Rachel's like, we do the whole scene in our underwear, he's like, What? I'm not comfortable with that.
3: Um and he delivers a really like seventh heaven style like scrubs (laughs) line where he's like, I know I'm really like buff and I'm part of the football team and I'm supposed to be manly or whatever, but I guess I feel insecure about my body.
1: You're (laughs) It was literally like after school special.
3: (laughs) And Rachel is Rachel does her
0: best. She's like, Well, I don't know if Brittany or Santana, but you still think I'm hot. And so she's like, it'll be fine. So that that was like the least problematic
3: scene, I think. Ever. I'm sorry. I take it lo- like a lot of umbrage with the way that she shows quote unquote support for her friend yeah. in distress there.
1: I agree. Like she literally like is just like taking over the whole scene. And then he's like, yeah, I actually feel uncomfortable and I'm opening up to you about the- these issues I'm having. And then she's like, okay, well, like, Here's why your
3: problems don't matter and you're stupid for having them.
1: Mm -hmm. She literally is like, like, Oh, well you think I'm hot. So then like your body image issues don't matter. And then she literally goes
2: right back into rehearsal.
3: And I was like, you're all fixed, right? Everything's better. Okay. I'm not
2: saying that this isn't a problem, but I think it fits with her character.
0: Yeah. That's why I was like, this is as caring as Rachel can be. Like for Rachel, that's like, she's taking time from rehearsal. And being like Well, that's a
3: shame because Finn needs emotional support in that moment and yes. doesn't know how to ask this for is, it. And I, in fact, gets that far and is like just ignored. I
2: honestly it. do not think that Rachel would be able to connect with his like insecurities, insecurities <laughs> without somehow making it about her. So yes. yeah, I feel like I also, this fits for her.
1: I also feel like she would probably be able to get more on his level because of like the way she's always been treated at school. Like it kind of felt like she could definitely get deeper. And I was like, that's it. Okay. The scene's over. She's, (laughs) she's done.
3: Yeah. How can she not have empathy for body issues?
1: Like, yeah, like she's, I don't know. She was bullied so much that it was kind of like, I kind of wish she would have like, Obviously, she would have made it about herself, but, like, she probably had stories to open up about.
0: There could have been a better way this scene was written.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there mm-hmm. could have been a better way this whole episode was just not written.
3: <laughs> and I admit, you're you're all right that it's true to her character. She's not the most uh, emotionally available person. No, she's
0: yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, Finn is talking with Sam and Artie, and they're talking. Sam's talking about how much he eats, and he's like, "There's no carpool lane to sexy. Like, this is how it's I." It's
1: literal look, locker room talk. Yeah.
3: It's uh, thank you, thank you very much. It's like <laughs> lampshading locker room talk, but they're literally locker room talking. They're not talking about girls' bodies necessarily, but it's oh, room
2: but talk. they're they the, the, are
0: so t- yeah. to, pre- to preface this scene at rehearsal santana's like i can't wait till finn takes his top off and we see the hot mess underneath and rachel's like that's incredibly rude and quinn is like is it guys talk about us all the time and then will instead of being like well that's not appropriate and in my classroom we're not going to talk about each other's bodies and because santana's like already just asked me about the ostrich eggs in my bra
3: um oh my which so okay yes. a, monster. a
0: monster artie's a, a monster
4: artie's a and he
2: gets away with it i do just
1: look at artie she just like looks at artie like what and then it cuts away and that's it like okay there's so much to unpack here like i literally wrote wow glee's not handling any of this at all very well at all uh but no like she doesn't stop anyone from saying the rude things like even at the very beginning like Right when Santana or whoever says it, Brittany says like, "I can't wait to see the hot mess." Like, Shu should have been like, "Like, don't ever say that. Like, just stop." But Rachel had to stand up.
3: Whoa! Hold the phone. Principal's office. You and me right now. We're nipping this in the bud. Because if you need
0: actors to act, you need it to be a safe space, and that's literally not the definition of a safe space if people are making fun of your body.
1: Yeah, no, yeah,
3: and the quote is. The quote is, Artie asked me if he could make a gigantic omelette when I was done with the ostrich eggs I have in my bra. And it's played for a joke.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be hilarious. But, like, that's off screen. Like, if we had actually heard him say that, that would not be a joke. That would be sexual harassment. But because Santana is the one hear. who says it, it becomes the joke because Artie hasn't actually said it on camera.
3: But You're also, so like, right.
1: Rachel... Stands up for Finn, but also, like, actual Rachel probably would have, like, taken this right to the principal's office. Or, like, she would have done something more Rachel to stop it.
3: But, like... I, I was I was really looking forward to this specific interaction, us our discussion about it. Because I feel like it's really uh, polarizing. There are certain rooms where this would split the room between, like, yeah, she should totally have full agency to objectify men... And the other half of the room would say, no, we're trying to get to a point where no one objectifies anyone. So she shouldn't.
1: Yeah, because, like, so Tina is one who is like, like, oh, she like, Quinn kind of has a point. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of does. But also, like, this whole point is moot that, like, we are talking about something that is way more complex. And, like, also, like, this is not written by people who like women. So, like, oh women goodness. are vilified. Yeah, we're going to get more Women that. are vilified for actually doing the same thing that men do to women. And then when Artie is called out for doing it, nothing happens to him. But women are still the villain in this because they're mm-hmm. making fun of Finn. They're putting him down. So, like, it's way more complex and it's just totally just baselined.
3: I respect you all so much for bringing that up because that is what I wrote down and was worried that I would have to be the asshole to bring up because everything that the women say in this show is moot because they are being written by men. Every quote-unquote argument that they're bringing to the table is Ryan Murphy's words. And so I want to agree with them, but it's hard because at the end of the day, all their words are written by men
0: yeah it's and there's no nuance glee no, no. definitely has this is an understatement glee definitely has issues with women um just
1: hates them. it hates really yeah. it really does Glee hates women
0: there's a later so there's awesome. later a joke in a later season where tina is like hashtag glee hates girls it's like <laughs> so funny because it's like kind of real and, um so i can't wait till we reach that episode and our long journey um
2: Well, honestly, like this is the entire time I was watching this episode, like I was disgusted by Mr. Shu. But the 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 whole time, the subplot of Finn and his body issues came up. I was so upset because it could have been a really good storyline, but instead they used they used Finn's body issues to to like push women's body issues out of the door like there's an it's just ugh, just it's no, no no you're absolutely
3: right yeah. there's an element where where you think privately while watching this oh poor beautiful white men it must be so hard to be concerned that your abs don't look good but there's another part of you that gets in front of that and is like, "Whoa, whoa, hey, buddy, that's a really uncool thing to think." Body issues are all like they, they, they go both ways,
2: and there are actual like, lines. Like, it's coming up. It's coming up. We're going to talk about them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the
0: oh god, poor Sam. the <laughs> the locker room scene. Um, we'll, so we're there.
3: Artie doubles down. Artie
0: is says that because of porn. Internet porn, women don't have to go to the video store, and now their brain chemistry is more like men's.
3: What the fuck? Which argument is and that? And so now they
0: expect Literally men none. to be hot.
3: And there's, it's so, like, phrenology-based. There's, like, yes.
0: five ways to unpack this. Because first, it's implying that men, if men's brines <coughs> are altered by porn, that is their right, and men should be watching porn, but women shouldn't. There's this implication there. There's this implication that before there were no standards for men and that men shouldn't have standards, but these standards for women are normal and natural and should be there. Oh my God, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And so that and that women are to blame for men's body issues. So therefore, gay men wouldn't have any or anyone who's not in a heteronormative cisgender relationship wouldn't have yeah. any. So it's this whole like men's body issues instead of being the fault of Society, other men, and women, media and media
1: advertising media. Advertising. advertising media is the reason why we have body image issues. But no,
0: it's just women are the reason men have body image issues yeah. and women's <laughs> body issue I'm sorry, issues I'm sorry guys are natural. It's mine and Alyssa's fault. That's okay. And women's body issues are just the world order. Like that's, what, uh, it, that's yeah. what this Artie's
3: whole line that's implies. That's our
1: right, Cullen. Hashtag women's rights. Not only does- Why the
3: fuck would I like Artie after no, this? No,
2: no, I don't understand why Artie is likable in any way, shape, or form. We
3: all hate Artie. Um is <laughs> Artie, read Artie's QAnon manifesto. But not <laughs>
1: don't only talk this, about my glee boyfriend like that, this JK. line
2: awful. implies everything that Cullen just said, but yep. it wasn't challenged any in any way by any of the people in the scene therefore everyone who was watching this happen may not have understood that it was a joke
3: absolutely that's the danger is that the other yeah. two characters treat him as an authority and accept what he says as fact yeah. so us watching it who are trying to decide for ourselves what is normal in our society have no idea what to do with
2: especially this. Why, like, the, the the demographic the demographic yeah,
1: Glee is, is young so. People. Glee is so... On this... Like, now we understand it to be this very big phenomenon. But, like, season two, like, it was really popular. But it didn't quite have the, like, the lift that it does even now. And it is on this pedestal where, like, they're... I think all media is responsible for the messages it's putting out. But this in particular, like, like Alyssa said, like, the demographic at which this is targeting and is also supposed to be about they're they're talking about very complex topics in such a minimalistic way that like anything that could be a joke or even a serious comment or conversation that doesn't have multiple opinions challenges trying to get to like the heart of it makes it so dangerous so like this should
3: have been the a plot yeah yeah.
1: like this this is a whole other episode that's the thing is that like It's really only tied in here because they needed another plot. Again, he had 15 minutes to write this episode on set (laughs) and he was like, body image issues. He literally thought, Oh, the actor, Corey Monteith, he's a little chubby. There we go. Perfect. He wears a, he starts wearing a shirt while he showers, which also made my heart literally break.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. That, that Schuster in his uh, desperate attempt to get laid has literally instantly Old, lifelong body image issues for some of these children. I
2: don't even think, yeah. like, okay, Hannah, you're like, he's a little bit chubby. He's not chubby.
1: He's, he's not chubby. <laughs> no, he's that's, what they, that's what I'm he's saying.
2: Perfectly
4: Ryan Murphy, is.
1: he doesn't have, like, the body type that the car- the guy who plays Sam does, right? So, like, if that's supposed to be our ideal. Are he's you talking say. about
3: a uh, cord over street? <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: So, like, they're going, he's going to think, okay, Like, Finn's not supposed to be, like, the hunk like Sam is. Finn is, like, a little bit more chubby, quote-unquote. Like, that's the thing. That's the idea that's going through his head. Like, that's really where this comes from. It does because that's Hollywood. Like, that's how media represents. I hate it so much. And, like, I can guarantee, because, like, we've talked about this before, how, like, Ryan Murphy will come up with ideas for certain character flaws, I guess, based on things that if the – the actor isn't already subconscious about will become sub- subconscious about because, like, like with Cord O'Neill physical- and
0: his lips, and yeah,
2: his so, lips so flaws occurs. being physical abnormalities, which are not actually flaws. not even
1: abnormalities, just physical attributes yes, exactly. that Ryan Murphy deems differences, jokeable. differences. He deems yeah. jokeable yeah, because like good. I know there's another character later on who who has a big central part of their existence is based on the way they look and actually quite a few people I'm thinking of. So like this is a trend and this is like honestly just like one of the beginning episodes where it just like the writers are picking out things about the actors to portray into the characters and they're not handling it well and they're putting out possibly dangerous messages because they're not putting the nuance in that really should be there because it's supposed to be a comedy.
2: If anyone wants to get away from Hollywood and see different body types, I am not just joking about this. Watch, well, watch foreign stuff, but watch BBC. They have so many different body types, types and skin colors. It's, it's so refreshing to get away from Hollywood sometimes. (laughs)
3: Yeah, like I want to give this show credit because it's it's ten years old and it's really easy for us to look at it in today's lens. But even back then, this stuff is not okay. No. Yeah,
1: no. Mm-mm. And like Ryan Murphy does this even in shows that he produces now. Like he'll he makes uh, Emma what's her name Emma Roberts the bitch character in everything he makes. And like like who knows? Like I was going to say her psyche.
3: Like. I was going to say, for my podcast, The Gory Days, I did uh, American Horror Story 1984. I did a rewatch. Uh, every episode, I would release my podcast the day after recapping what happened. And, God, I know it's supposed to take place in the 80s, but Jesus, some of the way some of these men treat the women in that show.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I
3: wonder
1: and if Murphy's Ryan Murphy likes women at all. He hates women.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so... The next scene in this storyline is after Will tells Sam, I don't want you to play Rocky anymore. It was un- I shouldn't have put you in that position. And Sam's like, is there something wrong with my body? And he's like, oh, no, no, not at all. And so then Sam is like, I could just see myself with fat rolls, like, pulling over, like, oozing over those shorts. And Sam's in perfect physical shape. So this is a sign of, like, anorexia. Yeah,
2: I actually Body like, dysmorphia. Dis- yeah, yeah. yes. Unhealthy yeah. body issues. I felt... Issues. Yeah um not i felt more sad for sam than i felt for finn because sam i think did have extremely unhealthy body issues like 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 anorexia That's like finn. what you're saying <laughs>
3: Finn didn't realize his body issues until this musical happened and now he's faced with them. It really seems like Sam has been dealing with them for years.
1: Yeah, and like Sam isn't given the space to have this discussion with other people really. Mm-hmm. It's really focused on Finn because he's like our our main character like all the time. So yeah, like he had like Sam probably has like like these are signs of body dysmorphia and possible eating disorders that like Again, it's another like very nuanced topic that's very serious, and I don't think it's necessarily being played for a joke, but it's definitely being like reflected from Finn. It's like, oh well, at least Finn's not that bad, kind of. Yes, exactly.
3: It's used as a comparison point for Finn. This his character, Sam's struggle would be an entire character arc on a season of Degrassi.
1: Exactly. Like and Glee should be more like the grassy.
0: As a man who's had issues with this kind of like eating disorders and stuff, I felt like I I liked this plot and the fact that it existed. I just didn't like the way it was handled and resolved ultimately. Because how it's resolved is Finn decides to walk down the hall in his underwear, which,
4: which makes, makes no sense.
0: sense. Also, he's called them tidy whiteys the entire time and then they're boxers, and I'm like <laughs> Like, this is just a weird. I'm like, it's a weird nitpick, but like, why don't you just call them underwear? And then it. Can...
1: I don't think Ryan no Murphy. <laughs> Ryan Murphy doesn't know what tidy whities look like.
0: <laughs> and so, and he's teased, and he's like, "Oh, the teasing was going to die down, maybe by the time it's my tenth reunion." And it's like, so Will torments everyone and gets a private Rocky Horror show as his re- reward, and Finn <laughs> goes through Duval's body image issues and is mocked.
1: Mm -hmm. yes but okay so when Finn's walking down the hallway he's not mocked for his body he's mocked for the way his underwear look like someone's like nice grandpa underwear or something like that so like he's not even mocked for his body really so that kind of didn't line up but also like his idea was so Finn in that he was like I kind of I loved how the actor played this like purposeful idea of like, I'm going to go and show everyone how hot and sexy I am. But then like in the context of everything, it's also super problematic, but I did kind of like the way he played it. It was kind of funny. So I'm really conflicted. He's
0: he's good at being like cute and dopey and like, Oh, I'm going to do this. This is going to be a great idea. And you're like, this is not a great idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So also like when he's walking down the hallway there was another extra. want to call him out. Is the first person we see who sees Finn and he like turns around from his locker and then throws himself back into his locker <laughs> out of shock, maybe disgust. I don't know. But I was like, get that guy in Emmy. That was amazing. <laughs> also doesn't make sense. Cause no one would have that reaction. Like everyone would just, be, he would probably be like, Oh cool. This is happening.
2: Yep. Um, just kind of slowly just... turn and look back at your locker, try to figure out what books you have to get for your first time. First class of the day yeah uh, come on
0: yeah so finn is almost suspended for a month but uh will argues it down um
2: there's a very specific part of this yes this is where my all caps notes yeah for this start this this conversation so we're in the principal's office and um our favorite principle. yes our favorite principle and basically what the what uh shoes argument is is that there's a double standard because when what was it santana pantsed Brittany. yeah yes um no one was suspended but since finn is walking down the hallway in his underwear he's gonna get suspended
3: Okay. Well, that happened in the middle of a celebration. Uh-huh.
2: Okay, so that's
1: so that's that's step one. It was in the middle of a celebration, so apparently that's acceptable. That but is fine. If we are thinking about this in terms of real realiz, realistic expectations of men's and women's bodies separately, the fact that Brittany was pantsed is a form of sexual assault. Correct, And her and Santana would probably both be punished because they're both girls. They would have been expelled from the school in real life. Mm-hmm. And also it said that Brittany probably wasn't wearing underwear. That was what was insinuated. Yeah. So she showed more than just not just underwear. Then.
3: Which honestly made me sick. Uh, yeah. Oh,
1: so sick. And then on the flip side of that. So they didn't have anything happen to them because it was a celebration, whatever. Then Finn walks down in his underwear presumably for some sort of performance because he's in a costume and apparently children needed a grief counselor and therapy for this. It's supposed to be played off as funny, but it's stupid. It's not funny. And yeah. it's actually kind of it rude.
3: And, because what he's wearing is what you'd wear to the, uh, to the pool yeah. or the beach. Right.
1: It's so, it's not even like a big deal. But then also in terms of like realistic standards, Britney and Santana in real life would have been expelled and then Finn would have gotten maybe a couple days of detention for pulling a prank. That's how it would have been seen in real life. Yeah. And there's like this argument of like what a precedent is based on men, based on the world's treatment of men's bodies versus the treatment of women's bodies. It's totally flip-flopped. It's inaccurate and it is dangerous because it doesn't make any sense. And on honestly like i happen to know that like like performance like men being able to perform in their underwear happened at my school like in our school talent show they would like i was gonna like strip down to their underwear and it would be a joke it'd be funny but if women were to do that like if i would do the same thing even as a joke i would have been suspended those guys didn't get anything because it was part of a joke so this whole setup is getting everything wrong, all for the sake of, I don't know, shoe. I have no idea,
0: yeah, the double standard is really real, and it's
1: and it's incorrectly executed it's very in this episode.
2: Executed.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that storyline. Uh...
3: even down to the way that it's filmed, when he's walk, when he's doing his strut down the hall there's all but one shot of his full body as he's walking, and it's uh, overtly unsexual. Yeah. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Well, because...
3: But that's a double standard. If a woman were in her underwear, It'd be difficult for the camera and editing to not make it so Oh, yeah, we
1: would, see, we would see the boobs. We would see more of the, the ass. Like, we have a brief shot of his butt, but it's not, like, played up as, like, sexy or anything. It's just like, that's his butt. Well, his shorts are kind of baggy.
2: And that's what I think they were trying to say, is that if a woman is somehow sexual, then it's fine because that's the way that the world is supposed to see them. Um, but the reason why that's problematic is because if, if a woman wants to be sexual, and then she can't be. Because the world isn't allowed to see woman as, like, being sexual in her own right. It must- yeah. That raises... Yeah, it has to be the world looking at the woman as sexual.
3: That raises another good point. The fact that, I guess it's... we're we're left to assume that all the women in this choir group are totally comfortable with doing Rocky Horror and wearing all the fishnet, exorbitant things Mm -hmm. that they have to wear. Right.
1: Yeah. And, like, why would... Because that's what women
3: normally wear? Why would
1: Emma also be okay with that? Like, we don't explore women's perspective on this at all, and it's just solely focused on men's perspective, which is, I I honestly feel like it's actually very interesting for a show like Glee in which, like it's supposed to be tackling the experience of being an outcast in general. And they're Mm -hmm. so focused just on the men's experience as an outcast in various
3: Oh, but they're so happy to pat themselves on the back going like, Oh yeah. Well, we know women have to do this, but no TV shows are dealing with this problem that men have to deal with. Honestly,
1: like the idea of men's body issues is so underrepresented and not talked about. And that like Glee again, like I've said this before and I'll say it again. Glee is not the space. To have that conversation unfortunately
3: no everyone's beautiful um but really quick before i leave i want before i leave i wanted to talk about um finn's epiphany like it's in one scene and i think it takes place i think it takes up maybe 40 seconds total but uh first uh uh, what's his name um yeah stan or sam sam says the bread part isn't about being confident in who you are and how you it's about being confident in who you are and how you look no matter how douchey you are that guy's totally cool with being uncool and Finn says yeah I'm not there yet I actually started showering with my shirt on (laughs) and then Sam says just be you and the sexy will flow through and Finn's like yeah you're right and (laughs) Sam says where are you going And, and Finn's like to show everyone how hot and sexy I am did I like black out? Where was the part in there that Finn realized something about himself? Nowhere.
0: It was it no. was missing. You didn't black out. It was just I
4: didn't
3: skip Again,
1: any lines. Murphy. It
2: just doesn't exist.
1: Ryan Murphy had fifteen minutes to write the episode. Yeah, he remember
2: to as his mom
3: was dropping him off.
2: We, we can't actually put that much stock in this.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is a really fun podcast. I right, love <laughs> you
0: guys. Oh, uh-
4: thanks
0: my my next question is is our Glee boot question so would you do an it's a two-parter, would you do an episode about men's body issues or would you do an episode about Rocky Horror, would they be combined, would they be separate, would you do neither
1: I, I think the body image issues, I think it would be interesting to have it be both like men versus women body issues that might be really interesting Yeah, there's probably yeah. a lot of songs I, yeah, that I could do... go along with that Rocky Horror has no place in Glee.
2: <laughs> no, I was going to say there was no, there's no way I would do a Rocky Horror Glee episode, but I would definitely do a body image episode regardless of
0: gender. Yeah. You could sing Pretty Hurts Perfect. by Beyonce.
3: I feel like you could do a Rocky Horror episode, but to do it justice, it has nothing to do with the show itself. It would have to do with the fallout between parents and the school and the body image issues and just the like w- children portraying sexual promiscuity issues like yeah, that's the a mayor might get separate. involved
1: yeah it's such a whole separate issue i feel like it yeah. needs a different episode other than body image issues because they're both so
2: complex yeah and then you go from like It goes from Rocky Horror equals body issues, and then you're going into, like, a whole sort of Footloose episode. You know, how Footloose is, like, Mm -hmm. the children against the town. And (laughs) so, like, that's how I feel like a Rocky Horror episode would go down as sort of like a Footloose sort of
3: I just think of, like, I did Bye Bye Birdie in my middle school, and they kept the line in where one of the characters punctuates the end of a song by going, let's all have an orgy and the joke is that they don't know how to pronounce orgy because they're a child but they want to have an orgy and that was in the play and my parents had to explain that joke to me and why it made them uncomfortable
1: oh no (laughs) yikes
3: so yeah it was a different time all right uh so
0: getting down to i think it's tina time oh boy tina had two lines she
2: did she had two lines. I did not catch them all. They, it, they were shown to me by other people.
0: <laughs> and Kyle, what was your least favorite song this
3: week? Um, so a lot of the songs, it's funny. I like the music from this musical. It's the musical itself that I take umbrage with. It's all of the action and the stage direction and the fucking ending. Um, I'm sorry. Are we allowed to swear on the show? Yeah. Yes. We swear absolutely.
1: absolutely. Okay.
3: Good. Um, so I got as gotta... you
1: asked at the end of the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, think, I think I've been preserving my swear words, but yeah. I'm I'm three Ties in. So let's see. My least favorite song was "Sweet Transvestite." I freaking love Tim Curry's version of yeah. that song, and I hate to be like a. Um, Rocky Horror fundamentalist purist because I really don't care. But, like, specifically when you do Rocky Horror, it's supposed to be, like, a revivalist show. Like, you're doing it because of, like, the the years of people that have done it before. So, like, number one, by doing it as children, you've already removed one element of, like, well, I never was around when this was popular, so I'm just doing it because it's, like, a meme I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when they do Sweet Transvestite and they change it so wildly, it's like, what was the point of even doing it? Just sing it the exact way that Tim Curry did it. (laughs) So Sweet Transvestite is my least favorite one because, man, she does such a good job. Mercedes does such a good job. I want to give a shout out. Who's the actor that plays Mercedes?
0: Amber Amber Riley. Riley.
3: Amber Riley does such a good job with this song. And it is not sweet transvestite it's a wonderful reinterpretation of the song that would be great at any any other context but if you're trying to tell me oh we're doing rocky horror and that's what you do with sweet transvestite i'm very upset (laughs) 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 so that was my least favorite song least
0: favorite what's your least
3: favorite Alyssa?
2: okay uh somebody give me a rundown of every song that was in this episode
3: so we started with science fiction double feature we have over at the frankenstein place damn it janet hot patootie sweet transvestite touch a touch me and time warp
2: oh okay okay it's between two and since you already did sweet transvestite i'm gonna go <laughs> touch a touch me um i just did not like the connotation that this song was used in i i i like okay so i like rocky horror picture show okay yeah. um but this song with emma and shu made me want to throw up that's all i got to say
0: yeah i'm gonna go with "Touch to touch me hated it hated every moment it was happening wanted to not be there
3: god you know. especially the high schoolers looking in yep <laughs>
1: yep uh-huh
0: <laughs> hannah least favorite
1: Touch a Touch Me. Like, I felt that way before we came into this, and then realizing that she chose to be Rocky and was even knowing that Rachel was Janet uh solidified it for me so yeah touch a touch me can go fuck itself in this version
3: yeah the fact that he even pretends that it would be okay for him to be rocky like it's already a red flag for john stamos's character to be in there to mix adults and children but he's a pretty innocuous character i guess that's fine like oh maybe you had your uh biology teacher have a cameo in your musical we used to do that for our musicals so that makes sense But for him to be the sex symbol? For him to even think that's okay?
0: (laughs) No. Uh, What was your favorite song? Uh,
3: My favorite song was Over at the Frankenstein Place because I love that song. The chord progression in it is really fun. It's funny. This musical has, like, it suffers from being a product of its time in that it didn't exist in the 80s. So it didn't have musical 80s tropes to build off of. It's a song that, in my opinion, wants to be in the. It's, it's a musical that, in my opinion, wants to be in the eighties but is stuck in the seventies, and so it uses a lot of rockabilly chord progressions and blues scales and stuff, which feels really silly. So, uh, over at the Frankenstein place is the one that, for whatever reason, feels like it uses those blues scales and those rockabilly uh, tropes to its advantage, and it's fun to sing and it's actually accurate to the original. So that's my favorite from this show. Alyssa?
2: Okay, so I'm gonna go with Sweet Patootie. That's that's Or Hot Tootie. Hot Tootie. One of these days I'm gonna get song titles right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun watching it, I had a lot of fun singing with it. Everybody knew the swing dance steps, and I would have known the swing dance steps. I could have danced to it um and it was fairly clean like that was probably the cleanest song
3: um it's got that going for it
2: yeah a, a, the cleanest song where an adult sings with children yes exactly even <laughs> though his shirt was just undone one button too many times like you know Rash I, could, I could get there. <laughs> yeah chest.
0: uh my favorite was damn it janet I thought it was fun, and I liked Finn's voice in it. Um, Yeah. Hannah?
1: I also loved Hoppatootie. Again, like, I also could sing along to it. It was the only one that I felt like I wanted to sing along. The rest of them made me severely uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. And then uh, MVPs and LVPs. Kyle, who is your least favorite character?
3: Sister jesus like <laughs> with a bullet he's a disgusting creeper monster and i can't believe that the show thinks that i would root for him
1: he's a creature of the night
3: like yeah. what i can't i can't accept what kind of reality allowed people to think yeah that's our hero that's a heroic thing to do yeah he's definitely oh, he's flawed he'll learn
0: he's definitely my least favorite this episode
2: i think we can all agree that he's the worst right yeah okay shout out to Artie though because oh yeah (laughs) honorable mention for
3: being awful close second
2: Artie's is pretty terrible but schuster's the worst
3: he's off screen terrible on screen uh schuster's the worst matt morrison jesus Yeah, he's
0: garbage in this episode. It's like, he's terrible most of the time, but this is his worst episode. Oh, he's
3: so good in uh, American Horror Story 1984, just, like, walking around as a GD sex symbol, like, waving around that hog every scene. (laughs) Oh,
1: gross.
3: It's so great. He's laying it on um, Carrie Fisher's daughter. It's the best.
1: Oh, I'm so ill.
0: (laughs) Um, all right, and... Who is your favorite character this week, Kyle?
3: Uh Sam, number one, yeah. Cord Overstreet. Um can we can can you can we like get this out of the way? How old is this actor at the time of this episode? No. Not sixteen. Okay, never mind then. Never mind. Uh he he's a looker, but he's not that great. Um <laughs> because he's only 16
0: no i said not
3: 16. oh he's over okay yeah, so he's, he's over an adult 18?
0: yeah he's they're all adults Went,
3: oh well then yeah number one sam because god damn man <laughs> cord overstreet. this guy 21. walking around 21 oh okay
0: 21. then that's
3: that's safe then yeah i'm gonna say number one sam because man man we get to see like those abs And he has every, like, he shows up in his rocky outfit. He has everything to to show off. He has every reason to be body confident.
2: Yes, he does. And it's very sad that he's not.
3: I'll support him. I'll be his emotional support. I'll tell him, no, it's okay. You can eat as much as you want. It's fine. Just do it topless.
0: (laughs) Alyssa?
2: I'm going to go with Finn because I thought he was a great Brad. And also, like, even though the body issues were not tackled correctly i appreciate that they were tackled with finn
0: yeah i was gonna go with finn too he was very relatable in this storyline and uh he was a good bat good brad and he's just very he's a sweetheart
3: i was surprised how like authentic he portrayed those body image issues like i said i was uh, I really resonated with that subplot and I didn't expect to resonate with anything in this episode, frankly.
0: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> it's always a surprise.
1: Uh, <laughs> my MVP, I I'm deciding between Mercedes and Mike Chang, kind of for the same reasons. Mm. That they like stood up to do a role when it like needed to be done. Yeah. Um, so I definitely have like uh that's just some good merit there, but I think I'm gonna go with Mercedes um because like clearly she's going through something personally where she's like being kind of timid about it but uh i'm proud of her for being like i'll step in and do this because i deserve it
3: the show must go on Mm -hmm. on.
0: so that brings us to the end of our episode kyle do you have anything you'd like to talk about or plug this episode
3: Uh, Sure. So my podcast, The Gory Days, can be found wherever you're listening to podcasts right now. Just type in The Gory Days and you'll find me doing whatever episode uh, is most recent about either a movie from the 80s or beyond. You can find me at The Gory Days on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, even Tumblr, I think. I have something rattling around over there. Um, But I also have another podcast called Feeling It Out. With Kyle and Connor, which is a podcast where myself and a friend of mine, Connor, talk about being creatives with mental illness, and you can find that as well on uh, whatever you're listening to right now at Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor. Ooh, I
0: want to check that out.
3: Oh, thank you. And since I'm plugging, uh, I might as well mention that I've also produced a comic book recently oh! that's available Ooh. on Amazon. It's called Spell Slinger. You should uh, check it out. It's by Connor Fitzgerald. He's the artist and writer, and I produced it.
2: Nice. Spellslinger,
3: yeah. Yeah, so that's Spellslinger on Amazon, uh, Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor, or The Gory Days. That's what I'm up to. Wow, you got so
2: much stuff going.
3: (laughs) Thank you. I try to stay busy. Thanks
0: for coming on. And before we go, Hannah, do you want to quickly plug our somes?
1: sure so we are on instagram and twitter at gleeboot pod and then we're also uh on tumblr gleebootpodcast.tumblr.com
0: all right
2: cool wait i have to do mine okay it's am a no
0: um,
1: it's-, <laughs> it's a.m. swearingen okay uh
2: a.m.
1: swearingen
4: okay
0: and you can find me on instagram and tiktok at your boy ryan 99 and youtube at your boy ryan
2: i'm telling you one of these days i'm gonna get it right
0: <laughs> all right oh well thank you for joining us on this glee journey next week we'll be talking about the episode never been kissed where puck comes back from juvie oh, oh boy. yep excited not
2: <laughs> so fun
0: so fun all um, right Bye, guys.
2: Bye.
0: Bye.